0: Congratulations, your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you.
1: Searching for a replacement window online, visit windownation.com today. So
0: raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis.
2: All right, let's do it live on a first Friday Miracle edition of the program. How you living, threes?
3: I'm living the dream. How are you living, man?
2: Not bad. I, so I, I'll tell you. Well, I'll get into where we. Cheese. But binoculars just fell off. I don't know what's. I what do you got going playing. on over there? I don't know. You know how it fell. I have these binoculars here just in case <laughs> I got to keep an eye on what's going on <laughs> out you here. Say binoculars.
3: I binoculars. Know. i always
2: found it was funny when i was a kid i always used to say binoculars oh got it my dad would be annoyed Um oh, I'm which is sure. pretty standard pretty standard for you yeah you um, sure. yeah,
3: pretty sure <laughs> yeah
2: so i'll I'll get to where uh where i was yesterday in a second because there is an interesting kind of uh, a, l- a little lesson for the kids here on a first okay. friday but that's some pretty big news that matt, matt andrews had there in the update frank solich uh, stepping down at Ohio um, after the incredible run that he had there. Tim Albin stepping in, longtime offensive coordinator, been there since 05. um came over eventually from Nebraska with Coach. I think Frank Solich has done about as good a job as anyone's done in the state of Ohio in the last 20 years, and I say that acknowledging that we continue to be in the same town with Urban and Ryan Day and Jim Trestle. Yeah. I think that job's that hard. Yeah. I think it's a really hard job. And and I think he crushed it. And the fact that he put, got him to bowl games and got him to Mackey's titles and um, accomplished the things that he accomplished and solidified that program and put guys in the league, really remarkable effort for a guy who, it was interesting when he took the job, and I'm old enough to remember when he coached Nebraska to a national championship game. Mm. I mean, Eric Crouch, they won a Heisman. Yep, He won a Heisman. They, you know, they, they were the sacrificial lamb for Miami, and whether they should have been there, they get drilled by Colorado in one of the late games of the year, but nevertheless, they did. Um, but Nebraska hasn't really been the same since. Pelini stabilized it a little bit, but Nebraska really hasn't been the same since, and neither has Ohio. This is a tremendous legacy that he left in Athens. Truly tremendous.
3: It. It's awesome. Um, he's been there, obviously, for a long time. And, you know, whenever you see somebody step down this late and it says they want to focus on their health, you have to hope that he's okay. Um, sure. Because usually if, if this I'll put it this way, if this was part of his plan, it would have been done a long time ago because he coaches okay. like that. They understand that they want to have. Um, how do you word it? They understand the the effects of this with recruiting just a lot, let alone the structure of the org- like. He's been there for a long time the the interim offensive coordinator that's going to step up to be head coach this year, he understands the system. But when you're this close to the season, I mean, you're talking about less than a month, probably jumping in the camp. I mean, you're yeah. This is basically all right. We're going to operate what Frank would have done. You know, like I'm not sure you really have enough time to sit there and truly digest everything that that is. I guess that could happen. You know, with this uh, and how you would change things in the schedule. So. Obviously, a ton of respect, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a career there. Really, a heck of a career in coaching overall. Yeah, um, and has just been a steady presence down there in Athens. But uh, definitely, I mean, gosh, definitely surprising. Um, sure, to say yeah. The least.
2: I, yeah, I Certainly hope for his health, and his health is okay, or, or that he's in good shape going into it. Um, they have had so much consistency in staff down there. That they, they, you know, it's like the guys who've been there have all been with him for a long time, and Joe's dad was down there for a long time. So yeah. um, it's a it's been a tremendous uh, a tremendous run for Frank Solich down there, a really legendary run. And any time that which we didn't see him much up here, we didn't, you know, I mean it was it was something that every once in a while it felt like once a year they when I was at Channel Ten they would come up and do a little tour, and you know him and the basketball coach. And certainly bowls being down there has helped. Uh, because Bowles is somebody who we, who we all know quite a bit and his success is something that, that played a lot here, but I always felt like they were kind of on a little bit of an island down there. You know, it's a tough, tough job. It really is. And, and the success he had is, is something that shouldn't be taken lightly because it's, it's, Really difficult to do what he did down there for so long and to do it with the character and the class that he did. So, um, that's some, that's some pretty surprising news here on a first Friday miracle. Uh, did you watch any of the All Star game last week? I
3: did actually. I did. And by some, probably about two and a half innings, but I watched some. Okay. I watched some. Um, I happened to catch, I think Otani's second time up and I was like, yes, give me something. And it was like first swing grounder, you know, first base. Yeah. But I, I caught Joe Bucks, um, Joe Buck's interview with uh, Tatis, and I thought it was it was um, enjoyable. You know, I, I'll put it this great. way: I, I'm what. Here is what I'm wondering when you when you listen to this stuff. The in all the All Star Game in game interviews, okay. um, I think it's. I'm torn on them. To be honest, I'm torn okay. on them, and here's why. Sometimes they can be like enlightening and fun and see a person's char- character. But then I think sometimes my guy Joe just tries to just over. I don't know. I always wonder how the players actually feel about it. And then I try to put myself in that situation, which would have been awful. Like to try to talk to somebody in the game, you know, even though it's an all-star game that while you're
2: in, It does feel like almost like, like at a the end event, like you doesn't event. know when to leave.
3: Yeah. It's like at the end, they're like, hey, hey, Fernando, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Stay healthy. Not, hey, uh, make something happen when you go to the bat, huh? You know, like, yeah. I'm sure you guys are not best friends. Stop. Just leave right. leave the party. Just walk away. Um, I think that's it a little bit. And I really like Joe. And I think that it's obviously a producer. I, Listen, producers do this all the time. Uh, the amount of times well, where, I, where my skin crawls, I'll be up in the booth and it will be like, hey, we have so-and-so ready. And I can hear the producer saying... Like, you can see the SID saying, like, we got to go. This is warm-ups, you know? Let's go. And it's like, you hear the producer, ask him about this, ask him about this. I'm like, my gosh, he's not yeah. going to give you anything. You think he's going to give you something on a player that's up or down when you don't have. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. And I want to I literally want to just smoke the microphone on my head. Be like, come on, guys. <laughs> I do think that
2: I do like the idea of the All-Star Game interview because you get to hear guys talk who you don't normally hear talk. And, and we'll talk about Shohei in a I mean, second. everybody in the state baseball of the for game. me yeah no I if you well, did voice and, recognition, so yesterday did you see I under, hear did anybody. you see the did you see the the stuff with Jeff passing on with Stephen a yesterday by chance did you <laughs> see any clips of that no <laughs> no okay um so what was interesting about it was you know Stephen A is like why is it major League baseball promoting these people and I was Jeff didn't say this to him, but what what Jeff's response could have been is you host. One of the most popular shows on this network. Mm-hmm. If you decided to follow Major League Baseball the way that you follow the NBA, they would. Yeah, they would. For, for the NBA, a long, long time ago, did a really good job. This is this goes back to Magic and Bird for the kids out there. This is Magic Bird, David Stern, the then commissioner at the time. Wait, there's a Magic Bird out he, there? Yeah. Really is. It's amazing. The thing's got all sorts of yellow and purple uh, and green colors. It's fantastic. Um but, but what they did is they said, Look, sure, these franchises are important, but these are the f- these two are stars.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: How can we find a way to put these two together? And that was fortuitous because they were on the Lakers and the Celtics, so that was easy. But they saved the NBA. Yeah. Before those guys, the NBA was on yeah, the finals were on tape delay. Yep. So they that changed it. Uh that led to television contracts, then Michael elevated. Michael took it globally, um, and it it is where it is, and it's it's a big global sport. Um and it's one where you can talk about players through the off season. Yeah. And it's almost as interesting as the games. Yeah. They've kind of done that. Maybe to detriment, because there really is no loyalty to teams, it's loyalty to individual, and we can that's a whole conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Major league baseball has spent the better part of the last fifty so years trying to trying to really tamp down any individual personality. Yeah. You know, with the code. Oh, you can't flip a bat. That goes against
3: baseball right. code. Right, oh, go to hell. I think that you'd have a lot Forget of it. kids, and I'm not sure what it says about us, but it, it, how much more fun would it be for kids? It, like, you hit a home run, and you see a little kid flip a bat, and I'm sure there's some baseball enthusiasts, like people at our station, oh, yeah. who are probably going to blow their mind, but... It'd be a lot more enticing for a kid. Like, face it, it's the touchdown celebrations that hook these kids and that everyone wants to make a catch like Odell or dance like Odell or dance like Victor Cruz yes. back in the day, right? I mean, everyone wants to Dion. My goodness, I tried to do Dion every time in the backyard. Same. It's, I mean, Same. It, I don't have the smoothness, yes. but I was trying to be Dion Sanders. No, and it I was, don't either. It was the flash of Dion. Like, when you're a kid, yeah. you don't appreciate the technique of Lance Briggs running through the gap and making a great tackle for loss. You know what? You probably right. remember the sack dance. I remember those. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you remember when somebody had a, a signature sack thing. So um, those are the things that I think about and what hooked me as a young kid is that, okay, for one, Dion's going to be swagged out with the amount of wristbands and the bandana around the neck. And you're like, wait, is that a headband on your neck or a band? What, why are you? Why do you have, so ma- you have so many things you're wearing? But anyway, and oh, so yeah. then you would try to wear all that. And then he would score. He'd do the high step and then his dance, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's just it's, it's beautiful, it's perfection." And so, yeah.
2: I wore that ridiculous uh, face guard playing quarterback. Yeah, the one with the two. How things awesome by was, the was eyes. it though? Right, like it looked so cool. Yes, I didn't even care that it obstructed the view. Yes, fine, no big deal. Yeah. I look cool. I'm wearing it. Yeah, no, of course I look. So awesome. I think they're in that deal spot a little yes. bit, right? Yeah, baseball's in that spot where they have these incredibly cool stars. And we'll expand upon this on, with Otani in a second, because I think there's, you know, one thing that was kind of missed in all the dialogue about, you know, what Stephen A had to say about him. Um, but they have these stars. I think Joe is trying his best for, to get the, via Fox and the producers, because they're the most heavily invested. Of course, yeah. Right? Like yep. this, and the, you know, to answer my own question about Stephen A, ESPN does not have the World Series. Right. They don't. Yeah. If they had the World Series, if they had the ALCS, the NLCS, they have Sunday Night Baseball. And they may have some playoff games. But they don't have the big ticket. So it's not in their best interest as a business to push baseball. So let me ask you. Folks, the reason the NHL has been completely off ESPN for 20 years is because ESPN wasn't in the business of the NHL. They are now. So what are you starting to see? Yeah. Melrose is back.
3: Yeah. A little bit of hockey. A little bit of hockey you know? starts popping They're in the up. business. Yep. Yeah, they're in business my thing that I'm wondering is we, so this is where I think Ohio state football fans get a little skeptical of ESPN. And I, I understand that Ohio state is covered by ESPN, right? It's it's obviously part of their contract. It's not the full contract. Like it used to be because of Fox, right? Right. But it is part of the contract. But the thing that I hear from fans all the time is, they, uh, and this is, this, I think these are smart fans. It's not just, it's, look, it's it's the fact that now they carry the entire SEC thing, right? So we'll get more and more SEC. Yep. They are the ones that helped form the SEC network. It's their talent that is just yes. over, just like it's Fox's talent yep. that is in the Big Ten network. So that's why you'll see Joel Klatt on BTN Live and you're like, what? What? And it's like, oh, well, obviously they're, yep. they're cousins, right? The network. So I, I'm saying that because hockey was nowhere and then once that deal is announced it's like oh gosh now there's all these hockey conversations popping up and in the same way that basketball like growing up basketball is not all over sports center and then all of a sudden you see like the no. shift uh-uh. and so i think that's where some and i'm not going to take it all the way to the point to where there's a absolute bias against ohio state i don't believe that but sure you can see why people are like why is there so much sec love i think people say well obviously they're carrying it they carry the whole package and the SEC is good. They're in business. Yes. Yeah, they so, don't, they so don't run the Big Ten. I network. think Ohio State. They're St- not part owners right, of the Big Ten. Right. Network. So I think Ohio State, like we will benefit ESPN, and they know that. But if there's a story about, if there's a way they can promote their own money, like make self-interest there with, with the Auburn versus whoever over Ohio State, Penn State, if they don't have the game, they're not going to promote it. It's it's. Well, and so, I always
2: think one of the most remarkable things that they do is when they it is do when they do
3: go on the road for game day, game day
2: at Ohio State, Michigan, and the games on Fox.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's
2: a, that's straight up integrity, dude. Because yeah. there's no reason. You're right. That they are at that game. Yeah. There isn't. So and they come to our games at Fox broadcasts. Now you would never see the Fox pregame show go to no. a game that they don't broadcast.
4: No. But no.
2: game day does. Yeah. They do. They go. I mean, they be. They're here a lot. And they go when we have a big game. They come, and a lot of times it's not on their network. So, but really, the only games they have anymore is the Penn State game. Yep. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where it is. But so, I think that's you know I think that's a pretty respectable job out of them when they do that.
3: It is. It is. It's, a nice it's all a business.
2: Yep. It's a, it's, a, it's all the business. We'll we'll get into the Otani thing in a second. Uh, we've got a lot to get into today. What do we got? Um, Terrell. Have we got? I haven't looked. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I just showed up. I just
3: showed up random. You know. It's just. fine. Fine, nothing to see. Just show up. Pick up TP
2: and the uh, the rest of the guys um, from uh, from the Tat Five. Which is a shame they're known that. I mean, that's that's it, we got to come up with a better way. Seriously, that drove me if nuts. If anything yesterday. comes of it, I hope it's that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. That drove me nuts, so we'll, so we'll, we'll get into that. We're them the Tat Five. Um, yeah, we'll get into that at, at nine thirty. Uh, our third big question is the summer of Yarmo, and that is NJD. Frankly, in the summer of the Blue Jackets, and Supporty will join us at ten twenty on that. And this is coming on the heels of some really interesting comments from Patrick Line, uh, that were translated yesterday. So we'll get into that a little bit over the course, uh, of the day. Uh, Mike DeWine, our, our governor, uh, maybe trying to get a little intervention up in Cleveland and is, does that open up a little bit of a slippery slope? We will get to that in the final hour, get your officially endorsed as well. Real quick story. So the reason I wasn't on the show yesterday, uh, my wife's last grandmother, uh, passed away on Sunday. And so the funeral was yesterday morning. And so, uh, you know, we went to the funeral and, um, it was really interesting. The, the priest who was, um, who was in the service had her memoirs and was reading from them. And she spoke about all of the things that you want to be or that she wanted her children and grandchildren to be and so forth and so on. And, um, at one point, and I, I think this is the part that's really important that I took from it. So she talks about how, you know, I, I hope that you all share the same love. I hope that you all, you know, continue to understand that about what is most important in life and family, and I hope you stay together long after I'm gone. And at the end, she goes, I hope that I get 10 more years, okay? It was written in 1990. Mm. So she got 31 more years. She lived to be over 100. We celebrated her 100th birthday in May, and she got uh, 30 more years of it, but lived a life of... In the moment, appreciating every day, yeah, as opposed to worried about which I you know I think, and I, I talked about it with the boys yesterday, and it just was something that struck me of be thankful for today and tomorrow, and and then who knows, maybe you'll get to a hundred and and like she I mean she she died in her sleep at a hundred, and it wasn't all you know people say, oh, you know boy, what a great run, and it was, but also you know the last year and a half was pretty lonely. It's pretty lonely to be an elderly person amongst COVID, and so it was. It was certainly something that I think for her was was probably time. But it was a really incredible thing to hear her words and to say, "I hope we get ten more years." And she got thirty, but to try to live it that way. And so I took it from it. So I thought I would share with you and I appreciate chops coming in and, and pinch hitting on short notice as. as she passed on Sunday, and the funeral was yesterday morning, so it was a pretty quick turnaround on that front. Um, as I mentioned, a lot to get to here on a First Friday Miracle edition of the program, including Shohei Otani and the star that he is and all of the controversy around it. We'll hit on that coming up next. Uh, we'll get into Terrell Pryor and some of his teammates and what they are hoping to get done in about 12 minutes from now, off and running. Bishop and Lauren I just right here in the fan.
0: Sports conversation and sometimes pure stupidity.
2: Awesome, funny,
0: random. Your home of the Buckeyes. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Laurenitis.
2: Pretty remarkable thing what Shohei Otani is doing. Hit the home run derby. Starting pitcher batted leadoff. He's hit, he's got 33 home runs on the year. He's hitting 280. Um, from a pitching standpoint, he's got a 3.49 ERA and 67 innings pitched, 87 Ks. It's it's unprecedented unless you go back forever. Yeah, I mean you have to go back forever. You've got to go back to Babe Ruth. You got to go back to the Negro leagues to find somebody who even attempted to do something like that.
4: Gotta this. go back to Babe. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, you do, and it's, uh, it's a remarkable thing. And I, the, the, a couple of things on it. I think the thing that I think is most cool about this is that he demanded he be allowed to do it because mm. yeah. there's a lot of guys who certainly his talent is incredible, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of guys who play baseball in this country and have gone to the big leagues who had an ability to hit at a high level And pitch at a high level. In fact, probably every... If you're out there listening, every baseball team that you ever played on, the best player hit third, was a starting pitcher, and played shortstop when he didn't pitch. That's kind of the way it goes.
4: Yeah.
2: Or first base. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it goes. And then somewhere along the line, people get a hold of them, and they make them pick one or the other. Instead of allowing... Buster Posey was one of those kids at Florida State. Buster Posey was... The starting catcher, the starting shortstop, and the closer—that's what he did. And then he goes to the b- baseball. And, well, you make the really catcher, and it worked. I mean, he he's won MVP as a catcher. He won a World Series. Like it all worked. Matt Weiders was another guy like that. I, I want to say he was at Georgia Tech when I was down there, uh, where he was he he could do those things. Um, but we don't we don't want our guys to do those things. We want them to pick one. Yep. Even in even in its own sport. Not even like just just even specializing in terms of picking a sport, but picking a position in a sport. Be the best you can be at this position Mm -hmm. instead of do all these things. And he demanded that he be allowed to do all of it. It was a condition upon hire. Yeah. And he's doing it. So to me, that's the coolest part of it. I I think that, and I hope that it opens up others to maybe have the audacity to do the same.
3: Well, and I think Bo, it's it's good for him that he was so special at both of them. Because if yes. you're the Angels, you're you're not you're looking at this prospect coming over from Japan, and you say, okay, a lot of guys want to do this growing up, but is he really elite at yeah. both? And I think you know there's some parallels in the in the ideas of how, how I take my stance with JTT playing basketball and football. It'd be different if he was like Joe Maurer coming out, who was Gatorade player of the year in football, going right. to mid Florida state, you know, at that time, which was the school to go to, right. If you're a, yes. a top recruit coming out of Minnesota, Oh, or do I want to play pro baseball? So if it was him going to Florida state saying, you know what? I'm gonna play baseball and football. You'd be like, damn right. You are go ahead. Cause you're, cause you're about to, keep, you just got drafted by the twins, you know? So, but the twins actually drafted them and put him in minors right away. And he was playing his true rookie season. He gets called up to the big leagues and never looks back, you know? So It's Chris's brother did that at Florida state Kyle. Yes. And so you have, you have this, if you're a dude in both, then pursue it. But the difference with JTT is that he's a mid major college basketball player, which isn't a bad thing, but there are a lot of people that think that you're an NFL football player. They don't think that you're an NFL football player and an NBA prospect. That's different. You're not Kyler Murray, right? Where he had a legit opportunity to be either or. And so within baseball and within its own sport, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, you're thinking this guy can do both, but it's because he's elite at both. He's pushing boundaries. Well, in both. I hope.
2: I guess that's my my pushback on that is I hope we allow kids who are because he can't be th-
3: do both, but it's because he's elite at both. He's pushing boundaries. Well, in both. I hope.
2: I guess that's my my pushback on that is I hope we allow kids who are because he can't be the first athlete to love baseball since Babe Ruth who can do both. Right. There has to have been others. I'm with but you. We've probably not allowed them to. We've said, no, 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 just pick one.
3: I'm with you. Be great at, you can't it be great It probably starts, both. it probably starts down, you know. Starts young. You even get hints of it in football. Like, there's a oh, lot yeah. of us that have played both ways. I played tight end and linebacker, but even when I played, you'd have coaches say, I mean, you're going to be a linebacker. Like, you're only 6'2". You're not yep. playing tight end. And you'd be like, okay. You know, like, there's yep. certain height restrictions, stuff like that, but like. One thing that we, I appreciate is like Marion Barber was never told either way. You know, he was running back in DB. He was actually offered as a DB and had no offers as a running back and made Glenn Mason yeah. give him a chance through, through fall camp and said, Give me two weeks and if you don't like what you see, I'll go back to defense. And he's their starting tailback, a true freshman. You yeah. know, so it's, yeah. it, it, but we, we, we see this all the time. Like, let it's kids pursue both, oh. dream big. And so don't you dare limit Black Cobra on his gold jacket and NBA Hall of Fame aspirations
2: yeah right yeah yeah I mean it, now well now I mean it's yeah it's there's no reason he can't do both so I <laughs> yeah I won't I won't do that but, you know make the hall in both uh one one other thing on the uh, on the Stephen a just to, just a thought I had about all of that mm. it you know this, the stuff he that he got in trouble for rightfully so but beyond that the thing that he was really pushing was his major league baseball market Shohei Otani um do people do the average people in America know who he is My big pushback to that would be, I don't think the average people in him, I don't think where he's from has anything to do with it. No. Or the language he speaks or doesn't speak. And he speaks English to his teammates. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just think it's a baseball problem. Yeah. It's not a Shohei Otani problem, because I think you could have the exact same conversation about Mike Trout. And I don't think people know who he is, unless you're a sports fan Mm -hmm. or a baseball fan. I think Mike Trout could walk down High Street right now, and if he had no, nothing identifying that he was Mike Trout, no one would know who he is. I'd make an argument that probably more people maybe even know Shohei Otani than know Mike Trout. I'm not sure that that's stepping too far out of bounds. And I think there's a lot of factors to that. Mike isn't someone who seeks it out. He's played his entire career in Anaheim, which is the second most important franchi- baseball franchise in that town and probably about the eighth most important professional's franchise in that town. And they've never won. He's never played in October. Mm. Like most people consider him one of the greatest players of all time. He's off to that type of start in his career. Kind of like a Puholtz start, right? Yeah. But he's played his entire career in anonymity on bad teams. Mm. So I don't think it's a – I don't know that it has anything to do with the language Shohei Otani speaks or where he's from. I just think it's a product of that sport. And I think a little bit of a product of, of where he plays. That it's tough. He's not playing. If he played in New York, if he played in Boston, understand that baseball was, really, baseball is most important on the East Coast. Yeah. And St. Louis. Yep. But it's New York, it's Boston, it's Philly, Cincinnati, like the Eastern time zone places. All these guys we're talking about, Otani, Trout, Tatiste, their game started 10 5
4: Yep. Yep. They're
2: not being seen. Right. By the people who care about the sport the most.
3: So I think all, the there's a lot of factors yeah. to it, yeah, there is there is there's a ton there's a ton that goes into this, but it's um, yeah, man, it's just you're not like I'm not staying up to watch these guys play in the same way like i yeah. I love LeBron James, I enjoy watching him, sure. I enjoy people who are elite at what they do and consider some of the best to ever do it, but I'm not staying up that late, he's yeah. not captivating me that much to a ten p m tip, my goodness. No. no, I'm staring. at me. I'm already, in, I'm already in REM sleep.
2: I'm out. I'm out at that point. REM sleep takes on a whole new meaning when you have a daughter named Remy.
3: Oh well, yeah, it certainly does. That it's means that very you're very differently sleeping. defined. That means that you're up That's every right. two hours. Yeah.
4: It hit me I, 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 I grabbed
3: Homegirl this morning at three thirty and brought her into the bed, and she's just let's, cooing let's roll, to herself, kid. laughing, smacking me in yeah. the cheek. Have okay, your best honey. Life. All right. I know you're right, you're baby. juiced and you're up, but Mom I and Dad need to sleep. or I at least got another hour and a half till I wake up. <laughs> the parenting joy. it's fun Your you know time. it's really fun
2: it is it is uh it, it is um all right coming up next so yesterday um Terrell Pryor, Devere Posey, Boom Heron, Solomon Thomas, Mike Adams put out a statement um and there's a lot to it and there's a lot to reflect upon and it opens up a lot of sore wounds uh for people that I don't know if they'll ever be healed but I do think there is a point that they are trying to make that is valid and we'll get to that coming up next Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in the fan
0: the first thing you hear every morning should be Bobby Carpenter yelling at you. Bird chirping is overrated. Morning juice. Weekday mornings at six. The van It's Bishop and Lauren Is what's up? What's up, man? for juice.
1: Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers.
2: This was a uh, an interesting one, and it's what's up uh, today. And it came out yesterday afternoon. Terrell Pryor t- tweeting out, uh, we're calling for our school records, uh, too, and legacy to be restored so that Buckeye Nation can look at us with the same love and fondness that we've always had for them. We look forward to one day telling our story in the Tattoo Five forever being a legitimate part of the Ohio State, uh, Ohio State's glorious history. Um, this, this is complicated here. It's yeah. really complicated. And I've always felt, um, that especially when, when I look at this list, especially the kids who came back, for that senior season and the, the kid that I'll – he's not a grown man now, um, but the kid that I have so much respect for just because I knew him a little bit better than the others and going all the way back to his recruiting was Devere Posey. Devere Posey, I thought, was hung out to dry by the university. He was suspended 10 games. He played two games that senior season. Yeah, He sat and he trained and he played two games. Mm-hmm. played the Penn State game, and he played the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget seeing him in the locker room at the Penn State game. And and I pulled him aside afterwards. Not that it even mattered. I don't even know if he – my guess is he wouldn't even remember it. And I just – he sat there, and he answered questions. It was the first time he talked. He answered all the questions from everybody. And I just thought, man, this is a kid who had an incredible Ohio State career. Incredible. Yeah. He was a great player from Cincinnati LaSalle. Great player. And had a great career. And his – What would have been like he could have gone supplemental draft too. Yep. He could have. Yep. I mean, he was, he's a pro, but he, and it hurt him. It hurt him in every way, uh, to come back and he had to sit for 10. I thought he was hung out to dry a little bit by everybody. Um, so that, I, I, that, I just want to get that on the record because I, that, that goes into what I'm saying. I think this is complicated. This is a lot like if you, if you were, from a legal sense, if you were busted for marijuana in in life, and all of a sudden marijuana has become legal. Right. It was illegal when you did it. Yeah. Is it silly that it, that it was? Well, that's a, a different conversation. But what they did, they knowingly did illegally. Now, all these years later, it's changed. I've always felt, and I'm, I understand this is meandering a little bit, so bear with me. I've always felt that The statistical, the taking away of the statistical accomplishment is ridiculous. Right. I've always thought that was stupid.
3: Yes. Stupid.
2: Like it's ridiculous that their record. The they won the games. Right. They passed for the yards. They caught the passes. They ran. Mike Adams is an All American. Like the idea that that was taken. Reggie Bush's Heisman is stupid. But the part that's a little tricky is the legacy part, because legacy is not something that can be defined by statistics. Look at us with the same love and fondness that we've always had for them. That's not something that that I can force to be rejuvenated,
3: right? This is yeah. Um,
2: stats, school records, all of it for sure. Shouldn't have been anyway. I always thought that was stupid, regardless of what their penalty or anybody's. Penalty yeah.
3: Was. I, so here, other
2: part is a trickier part.
3: I, I I've thought about this, and I had discussions with many people yesterday about this, and Chops and I were pretty heated about the same thing you just said the st- the stats being taken away is one of the most ridiculous things that comes out of this stuff the part of the story that you always forget about and i know it had to do with ray small and it had is the the whole the, the drug investigation associated with the and this is yeah. where i was already in the nfl so like I didn't read the articles. All I knew was like I was mad. trust was getting thrown under the bus for it. Like I've talked to people about some of those things, but it's not like I really dug into it as if I would have doing this you know, this job, right, or being an actual, yeah, capital J journalist. But yeah, so that's part of it that gets like the idea of I still have an issue with Ohio State not letting like if you give me my jersey as a gift after a bowl game and I want to sell it because it means nothing to me which it's not me, Absolutely. by the way. I have all four of my jerseys, by the way. Right? So I have mine. So right. don't come throwing stones at me. But if I didn't really care about it, and I wanted to sell it for money, or in this case, wanted to sell it to get a tattoo service, big deal. Big deal. It wasn't... That's what right. used to get me mad about people in the locker room. They'd be like, oh, free tattoos. I'm like, they weren't free. They actually sold their jersey to get the tattoos or sold gold pants to get the tattoos. Trade. They, they had a trade. Yeah. It was a fair open market trade, right? So I understand, Like, and, and I do get that point. This is what a lot of people said. There are rules in society. You don't have to agree with the rules. And I, and typically, when I look back on my opinions about a lot of things, that is where I stand. Like, if there is a rule, no matter how stupid, that's where I've kind of gotten to the point, and this is what made me upset about the the sprinter. There, the, the rule might be old it might be dumb in your mind but there is a rule okay so she's suspended what makes me really fired up is that she's kept off the four by one which she was eligible for and she is the fastest 100 meter sprinter in our country so now what are you doing now you're now you're just being you're going above and beyond you're being you're being obtuse yes good 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 word there and so you're sure so what i struggle with this as well because i i'm with you when i think about their stats their stat, their statistical legacy. That's the only thing that you can maybe change in the sense of like, I'm with you. Like you can't erase boom. Heron's rushing yards or Terrell's throwing or the winds or like the sugar bowl victory, all of that. Like I'm okay with putting that back in. Like DeVere's a top five. It should never per- have left. It should never have left. Just like Reggie's stats and Reggie's Heisman. Like you can't erase that. We saw yeah. it with our eyes and it's different to me. If this was a performance enhancing thing, like, If if someone, like, sure, if if they came back and said, you know what, Reggie Bush actually lost his Heisman because they found out he was taking steroids or taking HGH or testosterone or whatever it was, right? Like, he's taking something illegal, then I'd be like, hell yeah, that's performance enhancing. That changes it. Yeah. But in no way did his mom and dad getting a condo have anything to do with his performance? It's just, it's just... Uh -uh. Anyway, so that's where I, it's going to be impossible. And I did not know in which chops, and we can probably continue in the next segment. They bad job out of them for self-labeling themselves a tattoo five it's in the very statement bad job. like why would you say label that yourself about that like it's just very bad job anyway but anyway i and you're right about Devere. So. Devere is one of my favorite people boom heron one of my favorite people boom boom made me so much better when he's on scout team going against him and then to see obviously knew he was going to be productive love both those guys um and it's just yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of layers to it. It's not as simple as. The more I thought yep. about it yesterday, it's not as simple as oh well the rules dumb yeah it is dumb but, I don't like also going sixty five and two seventy. I think everyone goes eighty, so why don't we just bump it up to seventy five? Yeah, you know, and that. But if right. I get pulled over and I tell a cop that, he's gonna be like, "That's okay, take it up to somebody else. Here's your ticket." Now, right. How we act in the society well, is, you okay, a society is okay, and would, you pay the ticket. ticket. No, I'm saying like but how you act in a society is you pay <laughs> said ticket and go forward. There's a whole lot of people in yeah. g- certain generations who are like, no, this is dumb, and now I'm going to go to the nth degree.
5: This is a statewide test of the Ohio Emergency Alert System, originating from the State Emergency Operations Center in Columbus. This is only a test. The Ohio Emergency Alert System has been designed to provide the public with timely warnings and emergency information. Had this been an actual emergency, you would have received instructions and information related to that emergency over this and other stations in your...
0: Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
2: You know, Threes, we can uh we can give records back, you can put stats back, you can put trophies back. We have no control, and neither does Ohio State, on legacy.
3: No. How people love will love and you. fondness. Yeah.
2: That's that's something that is earned. Yeah. That is something I'll tell you that day when DeVere Posey was announced, he had one of the loudest ovations. Oh yeah. His senior day against Penn State. He had one of the loudest ovations. So- because the way he carried himself. Yeah.
3: Same with Boom Heron. Yep. I think Terrell's is much more complicated. It is. It is. Um, I think Terrell is probably looked at differently if he sticks it out and doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It's all. I'm not going to. Well, remember, he was suspended in the NFL. That's true. Yeah. NFL said, no, you're not. The
2: NFL suspended him for five games, they upheld the NCAA penalty.
3: Gosh, the NCAA had to feel like they had a ton of power then. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine the NCAA looking over no. and be like, "Ha ha! See, they upheld our suspension. Yep.
2: We have power." Oh my gosh! Look at it. look at how far, how quickly it's all slipped away. I know, but the NFL didn't want to wreck that. No. They didn't want to be a get out of jail free card for people who broke into no, rules. No, the
3: NFL wants. They to, want to keep that want to relationship. Set precedent. They yeah, was, they set yeah. precedent there. They wanted to say, "No, you're not just going to if you get in any yeah. kind of legal trouble." Or school trouble, you're not just going to bounce up here, you know, free deal. So, yeah, um, very. He was a great player here. Yeah,
2: he was a great player here. Um, the the position that you were in as a senior was an impossible one. The next year, the next year that culminated with the win over Oregon in the Rose Bowl led you going into the next season to go. Holy cow, this kid is he's going to be Vince Young on steroids. Right. Like that's what we thought. That's what I like, thought that when he was a freshman. Game.
3: I thought he could develop into Vince Young. And um he certainly had the frame. Yep. You know, and yep. a, a mean stiff arm and would just eat up stripes. Yes, he that, would. Uh, that damn stride he had
2: long stride, all of those things. He was one of those guys that I, I often want, I think back on him from time to time, and I wonder what, how would it have been different if he were if he had gone to Michigan and he had played in that spread for yeah. Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. I think about if he were recruited at Urban Meyer and he played in a spread. We weren't running that then. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, Beanie Wells was behind him. You guys would go I-formation on first and second down, spread on third. Yeah. Like it was a completely different approach to offensive football at that time. Um, but I, I think the last part's tricky, and I think you can put in statements and you can restore legacy and school records, but that doesn't necessarily mean that when you return, there will be ovation. Right. We don't control that. You know? Yeah. fandom. Fandom controls that.
3: So who controls and they this? they control that. I mean, technically, it's Ohio State. Whether they put the records back, whether it have to go yeah, to the NCAA, absolutely. NCAA doesn't have any power no. anymore.
2: NCAA has no power. No, Ohio State could restore those records. They could put the Sugar Bowl championship back. They could claim those wins again. Um, Well, Uh I don't know if they could control the wins because that's in the official NCAA record book. But, you know, people claim national championships that aren't won on the field, so what's the difference?
4: Yeah. It's true.
2: So you can do all those things. Um, Tress is beloved here. Tress is beloved. He has. I do think that these kids, they're grown men now, but that they're discretion was severely penalized, severely, because not only was what happened to them on the field, they were almost evaporated from the consciousness of the Buckeye fan, but also they got all of the blame for Tress. Yeah. Like what, you know, they were blamed for Tress's dismissal. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yep. Right? That's a lot that they've had to shoulder. And I hope that they do find some peace with it. Uh, I think that it's, you can't legislate fondness though. You can't legislate love and you can't legislate legacy. That's something that the fan gives you or the fan does not. And you or I or Ohio State can't make that whole. That's something that has to come organically. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. So it's a complicated one to say the least. Uh, complicated summer for the Columbus Blue Jackets tragedy added into that in the last couple of weeks, obviously as well. Uh, comments from Patrick Liney yesterday. So this, there's a lot going on on the Jackets front. It's our third big 20 questions. Uh, can Yarmo and JD jumpstart the rebuild in what I think is the most important month in the history of the franchise. We get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
0: The linebacker. The legend. The liquor
2: cabinet. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Alright, second hour here on a first Friday. Question number three. You guys did, uh, you did Haskins yesterday? We did. What did you? Where did you guys come out on that? Real quick before we get to the jackets. So
3: the specific question being: Will Dwayne Haskins rejuvenate his career in Pittsburgh? Uh-huh. In Pittsburgh. So then we got into a giant debate, and I'll get your take on this real okay. quick. How do you? Sure. How do you define? What do you consider a rejuvenated career? Because it became, and our thinking was: when you're a top fifteen pick there's a thinking that you're a starting quarterback. Some would say a franchise quarterback. And so, does that what you mean? Like To to say, hey, he rejuvenated his career, is that he's Pittsburgh's franchise quarterback after Ben? Is it, what if he's a career backup for 12? What if he realizes, you know what, I'm not going to be a starter, but I'm going to humble myself, and I'll hop around and be a good backup, a good locker room guy for 10, 12 years. Is that rejuvenation? So, I, I landed on that I think that he, what I said that, what I considered rejuvenated, and I think that he will, is that he beats out Mason Rudolph this fall and that he ends up becoming being the backup and he'll be given the chance to start and become the starter in Pittsburgh. I'm taking a leap of faith with him because I think Mike Tomlin wants to see him succeed. I think Mike Tomlin really wants him to be a, a really good story and is interested in developing the man, Dwayne, as well as the quarterback. Now, I could be seeing with my scarlet and gray glasses on, but that's what I deemed rejuvenation.
2: I would deem that that as well. And that's, I mean, I didn't listen to the show. Obviously, I was doing other things yesterday, so I didn't hear your guys' conversation. But that's exactly how I would define it that rejuvenation for him, a career renaissance, a restart is defined as next season in Pittsburgh, after Ben retires, he's the guy they give the first shot to. That's how I would define it. Yep. And I actually think with Haskins, it's a real feast or famine because what we have seen from him as a pro is not someone who to me looks willing to do the things that are required to be a 10-year backup quarterback. Right. Right. I don't think he's capable of that. Right. So I think he's either a starter or he's out of the league. Yes. I don't think that there's an in between for him if based on what we've seen. He doesn't, beat out, if he seen doesn't from beat out him,
3: Mason Rudolph. The choices he makes. He might not yes. be in the league anymore.
2: That's where I'm at because I think you know I mean he could be Paxton Lynch. Yeah. You know, pretty quickly. If he this is the gravity of this situation is enormous for him.
3: Let's think about that. Paxton enormous. Lynch must have been some kind of way in the locker room. Yeah. To where he's a first round pick. Obviously talented. Really talented. Yeah. A lot he could have never Denver could have been the only team thinking, oh yeah, this is
2: Jerry wanted him. He didn't want Dak.
3: Yes. They tried to go get him. So but he must have been so bad in the locker room to where you're out the league. Because usually when you have that kind of talent and that kind of grade, somebody's willing to take a flyer on you and just say, you know what, let's just bring him in. Let's see. Yeah, It's just like – like, uh, anyway, that's the risk. So I I think you
2: have it right. I think you have it right. I think I think that he will get every opportunity to be what you said he would be. I'm and just dumbfounded because everyone
3: from Pittsburgh – I mean, even when you were out on vacation, we had Tom Reed on. And then with Brooke Pry- – everyone from Pittsburgh, they're, they're just – Dwayne won't have an opportunity, but they are really high on... They are really high yeah, they, like they like Rudolph. They like Rudolph.
2: What do. the heck have they yeah.
3: seen to make you I go, that's next?
2: I don't know. I don't know. In a division that has Lamar, Baker, and Joe. I don't know.
3: I yeah, don't one is not like the other.
2: No. <laughs> no certainly not. Uh, all right, today we land on the Jackets. And boy, what a month this is. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the next month, they will make draft picks. They will make decisions on a trade for Seth Jones, more likely Did you than see
3: not. on that front that the Blackhawks traded away Duncan Keith, and the Blackhawks were well, one to be rumored interested in Seth Jones when you were gone? I so, just wanted to make sure you saw if that. If you read Porty, I you're a, you're a, which
2: I know you do, and of Porty will I join
3: do. us here in about 15 minutes. You think I am just if you read sitting at Porty, home twirling my thumbs. No. Nothing?
2: If you read Porty, he basically said exactly that. That they got to trade Duncan Keith first. Now the money matches, and so the Blackhawks would be a team. Um, but I think it's there's a lot of factors of this. Will Seth sign an extension? You know, you always think about Colorado because it's where he learned to skate and all of that. And would mm-hmm. you know that's a cup contender, obviously. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to you know, live in it's Denver? Home. <laughs> Gosh, that's right. Uh, all of those things are true. Um, so I, I, we made the point a couple of months ago, and I still feel pretty good about it. That actually the the straightest line to a rebuild is trading Seth Jones. That they can't build this around him. Based on who's on the roster. Yeah. Based on the assets that are available. Based on what you can bring in here and the inability to sign free agents here. So you really can't build something significant with Seth. So perhaps the best way to actually build this right is to trade him. And that's probably what's going to happen. It'll happen pretty quickly. I would think before the draft. So, that's the first part of it. The other part of it is how do we maximize what we have? And this is, by the way, and Porty lined this out pretty well, this is the third straight one of these. You know? I mean, this is, this is Panarin and Bob and yeah. all of that, and that was a little different circumstance. And then it's Josh Anderson, who we saw in the Stanley Cup final, and then it's PLD. Now, Seth wasn't as demanding as the others. He simply wants to become a free agent, which is his right, as a pro. The other two said, we're... I mean, Josh was soured by the negotiation. PLD said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not done with torts. I'm done. I'm out. So those those things all have happened, and now here you go, and you're facing a rebuild. Now, the good news is, is you have a guy in John Davidson who is a master at this. Yeah. He didn't get to do it here the first time because we're a little better off than I think he thought we were. But he's going to get a chance to do it here now. He did it in St. Louis. He's doing it in New York before he was fired because they were a little not happy with how how long it was taken. Um, But you'll have a chance to do it. And Yarmo Kekalainen is elite at talent evaluation. Elite. Yeah. So you will have the opportunity. You add to that now the Line 8 comments from yesterday where he said, I guess everyone should have the same rules, but of course you always hope that you can make the best possible use of your own strengths. Tortorella gave me no freedom, uh, gave no freedom to anyone. So this goes back to a point that we talked about a lot, which was the Tortorella way almost became the Blue Jackets way. Mm hmm. And when you don't have those big hulking forwards, those physical guys who want to do the dirty work, we don't have those guys and you don't want to change.
3: Last season happens. Mm. It's, um, so I'm torn on this because you've seen certain players PLD right PLD hasn't come out and said that it was torts, right there has been no
2: so Porty said that in one of his stories we'll ask him about it yeah uh, I did read that in one of his stories that that he didn't want to play for Torrance yeah which was no, what he's we never all come out and said yes that. we all assumed that yes
3: we all yeah that's what we all thought um but I I think also it is a <sighs> So how does it change? There's also this like extra. There's this other thing too that Liney described himself that he wasn't himself this year. Now is it because of that? When when you when you get traded over, Bo, and maybe your first impression of the new organization, new city, you don't really get to the city because of COVID restrictions, right? Like yep. just think of just put yourself in his skates, and you're you're sitting there and you're. Probably uneasy because you just got traded. You think, well, at least Columbus wants me. But then, what you think you do best doesn't jive with what the coach wants. And then, obviously, his style of coaching is aggressive, right? And so, there, there can—it's easy for bitterness to creep in in athletics. There's pride everywhere, yeah. right? And then, do you, are you really giving your full effort? Are you really giving everything you have? Where's your mental state in all of this? We see it with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers yep. talks about his mental health this offseason, how he's getting it right. Why? Because it's messed with him mentally. That he knows his franchise wants to move off from him, or wanted to, and then he won the MVP. They drafted the guy, and so it's his disloyalty. And maybe he's reading more oh, into yeah. it than not, but it still is there in the back of your mind, and you can't get it out. So, Liney felt suffocated, and does now. So you could say, "Who cares? You are getting paid. Go play as hard as you can." Sure, but to him, if I can't be myself out here on the, then what am I doing? So I see it both ways. I do. I I just wonder now how, so, so going forward, right? My This is all about going forward. How do they jumpstart this thing? You need him to be a guy. So are we? do we have a whole new system? How's, how's Coach Larson with all this? You know, is this, how's this going to rub Coach Larson that a guy is now talking about a guy he used to work for out in the media publicly? How's that going to be handled? Is that a phone call from him saying, hey, we keep this stuff in house. Do you let it go? It's just a whole lot a whole lot happening when it comes to this specific A lot situation. of layers, coach. And then you talk about Seth. And then you talk about how's the emotional toil of Matisse Kivlenic's death weigh on Manny Legacy, weigh on Larson himself, weigh on Elvis Merz-Lincolns, who was his sure. good, dear friend, him and his wife, who were there. There's a whole lot of layers jumping into this offseason that is – was already so important for the jackets and how long this rebuild will take that turned into okay well now one of our most recognizable players and patrick liney comes out and, and talks bad about, about the former coach okay is it just that is it just torts it's not nothing bad about columbus Whew. all right <laughs> right like that's how i felt reading it yeah i was like okay bad bad torts all right please say nothing bad about, about the city please say nothing. okay great Right. All right. You know, right. like yeah. that's where we are as Jacka fans. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, the the tragedy of of what happened with Kivlenix. It's just this is a whole lot being stacked up on this organization. And so, how do you push through and make it a a summer that is so critical for your future? And even saying that, with the in the in hindsight of the tragedy to Matisse, just seems so. It's just tough to even say, right? Like, how do you how do you get this summer right when you have that tragedy lingering over the franchise? It's, man, it's just a lot.
2: I think, you know, for the sake of this conversation and the conversation we're having about team building, you almost have to separate. And I know that that's almost impossible, but you have to try and separate the incredible tragedy and the senselessness of it and from what their job is here. Because there's... The grief, the the hockey community is grieved with you. Um, but the hockey community, it's just like when you lose a loved one, right? You grieve. It means it's, it hits you at home. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of the world moves on. Mm -hmm. And you go, wow, I'm still grieving. Oh, yeah. But the rest of the world goes and and, moves on fast. And on we go.
3: Moves on fast. Quickly. Yeah.
2: Very quickly. And you're like, wow, I got to jump on this treadmill. And, or else I'm going to get left behind, and I'm not ready to. And that's probably where this franchise is. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy cow, that is just such a senseless, tragic loss, and you're reeling. But we've got an expansion draft, and yeah. we've got an actual draft, and we've got free agency, and we've got to deal Seth Jones. Yeah, We've got to get a lot back. So how do you... Yeah, That's it's a lot
3: it's heavy it's man a lot. it's a and lot a of heavy stuff knows. and it's, it is yeah it's um yeah it's a lot it's, yeah. there's really no way to sum it, it up and so porty can help us
2: yeah well we'll have him help that's why that's why he's the best he'll join us coming up next bishman lord is right here in the fan always imitated never duplicated
0: your heritage sports talker and flagship home for ohio state athletics the fan ohio sports destination two legends One
3: show. Well, it's uh, all alive. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on the fan. If you need some fresher water in your house, you need to check out ConnecticutColumbus.com. Connecticut Water Systems. They will help you whether you're on well, whether you're on city water. They'll get rid of those hard water spots and have you enjoying some nice soft water, pure water. Check them out, ConnecticutColumbus.com.
2: All right, time to head out on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with our good buddy Aaron Portsline. Covers the jackets for The Athletic. He's the best. Hey, pal, um, this was already, I think, the most critical summer in, in the history of the franchise, considering how far we are into it. And you could dispute that, I suppose, with some other summers that have happened. But this feels quite significant anyway. And then incredible tragedy hits. And the thing about incredible tragedy is when you suffer it, you're probably not through the grieving, but the rest of the world Moves on. How are JD and Yarmo and the organization handling that juggling act, which is so very difficult?
6: Yeah, well, good to be with you guys. It's um, yeah, it's it's uh, flat awful. I think for you know the first couple of days, the large portion of last week, I think the hockey stuff was put on hold. I think John Davidson's taking kind of a lead role behind the scenes on it because. The GM, like you said, the hockey world doesn't stop churning and it's coming into the, into what's going to be just a chaotic two and a half week stretch here. So they held their amateur meetings last week. They're spending considerable time this week finalizing their uh, protected list for the expansion draft. Uh, wondering how creative they're willing to get there. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it, it knocks everything uh to the back burner when you go through something as as awful as they did with the passing of Matisse Kvelniaks
3: Porty, I'm 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 wondering here I saw Patrick Linea's comments I know you did as well um and when you have PLD situation saying I I basically I got he didn't say it but I, I we're all assuming it was something to do with torts and he couldn't play for him he didn't want to play for him he wanted to move on and then Linea basically saying that he felt Uh, Restricted, like he couldn't be himself, and that he felt there is a fine line of playing within the team structure, but also having the freedom to be yourself as a player. Um, How is that being viewed in the hockey world and by the Blue Jackets? I am wondering because Larson's obviously his own guy; he's new, but it's also airing stuff up about the old coach. I am just wondering how it's being viewed by the Blue Jackets uh, with Patrick Liney's comments.
6: Yeah, to be honest with you, I am not sure that they they put too much weight in them. I mean, I, th- I think they were all on the same page last season and it was Tortorella's. If you remember Tortorella's uh, demand was to make Patrick line a, an all around player to, you've got this guy with a big frame, use your frame. Um, I think there were, I think there are demands made of him that are no different than other players. Really? Uh, I, I sometimes think that Patrick Line, um believes that his shot, and it is awesome, is a get out of get out of uh, jail free card for other stuff that you're not so keen on doing. Yeah. And Tortorella's thing was, no, 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 you're you're going to battle for the puck like everybody else's. You're not just going to sit at the, at the dot with your stick in the air waiting for everybody else to retrieve the puck and set you up. That's not how it – it can't work that way here. And I go back to when Ken Hitchcock took over here in Columbus, and, and Rick Nash was was not in, in any way um, in, in the form of Patrick Laine. But the first thing Hitchcock did was put Rick Nash on the penalty kill which was scoffed at and giggled at around the league. Rick Nash killing penalties. He's never killed penalties. And Nash took it the right way. And by the end of his career, he was one of the best penalty killers in the league. Um, Rick uh, Don Tortorella... Is tried to do to Patrick Liney what Winnipeg tried to do with Patrick Liney, and eventually just gave up. Which was, you can't just stand there and bomb shots all day. I know it's what you love to do, but you he, they they need him to be an all around hockey player, and he can't be this alpha dog leader that he that he thinks he wants to be unless he's willing to incorporate all levels of effort into his game. And I don't think that changes with a different coach, to be honest with you. I think the change that needs to be made is with Patrick Liney not with coaches.
2: Well does the change need to be made with him not here then, Porty? Obviously he'd be selling for about a nickel on the dollar based on the season he had.
6: Yeah, well see I don't know that you would. I I think it's gonna be it's tough to move him um because everyone's so so tight up against it this year. But I, I don't, sure. I think people look at Patrick Kleinheim and still see, my God, that there, that, that there is incredible potential there. The kid has had, I think he's had a 40 point season. I think people see him as a potential 50 goal scorer in the right situation. And I've been told that, that if the trade is there, they'll move him this summer. They're not, they're not absolutely wedded to the idea of building around him. And and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he moves. I don't think it's for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Liney moves again.
3: I mean, it's like kind of like what we used to tell my guy. Uh, so I played with Blake Wheeler growing up, you know, and all Blake wanted to do was just cherry pick up on the red line, you know, and I was right. a defenseman. I'm like, Blake, you got to come back. I can't I can't flip a you a hand, saucer dude. every time. You know what I mean? Come back in our zone. It's good to see that right. he's uh, a little more well-rounded now. Uh, Portie, I, I wanted to uh, – I wanted to ask Seth Jones, you know, reading your stuff, kind of the dominoes are starting to fall. Duncan Keith moving from the jet, yeah. from the, from the Blackhawks. Is this, is this kind of a uh, par for the course? Is this where you expect him to end up in Chicago?
6: I think Chicago uh, becomes a major consideration. Now I think they were on the list to begin with. I mean, you know, Keith's making 5.5. He's off the books. Jones is making 5.4. Pretty good swap right there. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it depends on who you talk to. There's the one sense out there that uh, the end-all be-all of this discussion is where will Seth Jones sign an extension because that's going to lead to a sweeter return for the Blue Jackets. So, you know, that is Seth Jones controlling uh, his trade destination even though he really he doesn't he doesn't have much control. He has a 10-team, no-trade list that leaves 21 teams that they can trade him to the flip side of this is I've also heard there are teams in this that aren't worried about signing Seth Jones to a an extension necessarily but they want him they feel like they are at the cusp and able to win it I hear Colorado when I hear this this uh, tale sure and they'll worry about next year next year They think Seth Jones is the piece that can get them over. Is their desire to... So you're talking about a, a trade deadline rental, essentially, but a year early. So if David Savard got the Blue Jackets the first and the third with a month left in the season, what does the team give you for Seth Jones with an entire season to play? I think they could still get a pretty good return, and maybe we need to be careful saying the only really good return they can get is from a team that wants to sign him to an extension.
2: Portie, I'll get you out of here on this one. Cause the, the question that, that we're answering here today is how do you jumpstart what we think will be? And I'm, by the way, I'm on record as being for it. I'm for a down to the screws rebuild. I think that that's what the organization yeah. needs. I think JD wants to do that. He's done it in St. Louis. He's done it in New York before he was aborted there. Um, but, but certainly I think that's what everybody's kind of, I think the people have been around the organization want it. What do they have to
6: come away with this summer to do that? Yeah, so to me, the the biggest thing and the toughest part of this is at the start is defining what you want to do, and you can't be one foot in and one foot back. It's got to be full bore. And so when the return comes for Seth Jones, if you're doing what you're talking about down to the screws, then you're not looking for the 28-year-old forward, and you're not looking for the two or three pretty good players. You're looking for big-time prospects and big-time draft picks. That's it, and it's you'll patch this, you'll patch a roster together for this season, but you're really worried about uh, loading this franchise up with elite young talent and and restarting it, which is I think uh, maybe the word that that is going to start being used here rather than rebuild or retool, it's restarting. Um, who wants to stay? You, uh, Cam Atkinson, you're a veteran player. You, you up for this? If you're not, let us know and, and we'll make, we'll make a move here, maybe at this coming trade deadline. Zach Wierenski, where are you at? I, next summer, you're an RFA, still an RFA, so we still have club control. But what do you want to do? And if, if you're not thinking of being here long term, then what are we waiting for? And I think they, they need to become the aggressor here, dictate what they're doing and, and how they're doing it, and, and, and be very clear about it. I think there are, are ways you can do it. I think it works best, and, Bo, we've talked about this. The, the mm-hmm. power that they have right now is John Davidson and Yarmulke, Carolina, both have major term, five years and four years. That's basically telling you to use that use your term for patience here. You can, you can build this the right way. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I think there needs to be, they need to start hitching their star to different names here and building it up the right way. They've also got to change the stuff behind the scenes to keep this from being recurring. But these next two and a half, three weeks guys are going to be um, dizzying. I think is the word. It's going to be crazy. It will be.
2: We're glad to have you on it, my friend. Uh, great job. Been in very tough circumstances the last 10 days as well. Uh, appreciate yeah. having you on, bud.
6: Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks as always. All right.
2: That is the great Aaron Port's line of the Athletics. So he said a lot there. Um, and, and that leads the next question, which we, we do when we tackle these questions. Uh, what if they don't get it right? Can they afford not to? We'll get mm-hmm. to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
0: You'd think that during a three-hour radio show, man and bone would say something intelligent. You'd be wrong. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis.
2: It begs the question, then, when you you talk to Courtney, you think about how important the next three weeks are going to be, how nervy they're going to be, what's at stake, I think he's right in the attitude of, you know, they got to be get on the offensive with this. This is what we're doing. Uh, you want to use a restart as the the tagline mm. that's fine. It's what it is. Mm. Uh, it's a build. It's a it build a the deal. right way. It's, what the, it's what the Browns did. Yeah. <laughs> the Browns went 1-31. Now, they had 70 years of history, uh, a city that bleeds it, that would put up with it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It was hard even in the moment. It's hard to be a player. Yeah. When an organization is doing that, it's hard to be a fan when an organization is doing that. Uh, it's hard to stew amongst losing. Uh, but it's, it is necessary. Now, it's not as straight a line as right. it is in the NFL. Right. If you pick number one, you're going to get Miles Garrett. Mm
4: hmm. You're
2: going to get the pick of those quarterbacks that were available. NHL is a much bigger crapshoot. You got a lottery. The first pick isn't always Austin Matthews. Even if it is Austin Matthews, sometimes you can't win around like Toronto, so or or like McDavid with with the Oilers. It's it's really hard in that sport. I think you have the right people to do it. You ask the question: Can the organization afford not to get it right? That's tricky.
4: Mm. That's tricky. <sighs> That's tough. I
2: don't, I don't can think you, they can. Can you withstand a bunch of misses? I don't know.
3: I don't know either and I think it'll be very I think Bo to be honest what's unique about it is you have this magical series against the lightning you back it up with a what do you call it the, the bubble the bubble playoff win with against the Leafs I don't, but it's, a, it's yeah. a weird year because of the bubble and then you have this year where there's some attendance allowed right so it's limited attendance so with everything opening back up i'm assuming this winter in nhl arenas what's the support look like And already a place that even when they're rolling you know it's not like it's a a tuesday night game is different than a saturday game you know it's not one of yep. those places where it's like toronto where it's or it's going to be popping you know um so I, just, I guess I'm just wondering, like I guess it will be a case study this, this winter, because there's not expectations that they'll be great. It's a rebuild. And if no one is you know if the attendance is down a little bit, and you've lost interest in the team as far as you know basically not having a playoff contender. Can you then can the can the franchise sustain that for multiple years? It's going to take multiple years for this team to be back to where you want it, and back to where you want it is you're doing the rebuild to become a cup contender, not just to flirt with the eighth seed. That's the perspective. But if you don't even get back to the eighth seed, I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess what's the alternative? I don't
2: think you could have done it. I don't think you could have done this a decade ago. No, I think you can do it now. I think twenty years. You can strip it down town, now.
3: Yeah, you can stretch it. I you think can you out. can.
2: I think the people who love it. We'll understand it. Yep. Um, I think that there is, there can be, it's dangerous, but, and we'll do, one of the questions we'll get into is how big, you know, Cavs and Blue Jackets kind of walking in this at the same spot. Cavs in a better spot and that they have some young assets already in, in the fold. Uh, but but you play a lot of relevant nights and you have to take the little joys of, you know, for them, it's, you know, a 40 point night from Colin Sexton. Like right. You, and th- you have to look at that and go, well, that's a win. Right even if even if you're losing amongst, amongst it right and that will be the challenge yeah that will be the challenge but yeah. I, I don't see any other way right because patching it together to chase the 8 seed is not sustainable yeah yeah like i was thinking about this we were talking to porty like all right so you got to trade seth you're open to trading line a you've already traded pld and josh anderson like when you think about pld anderson jones worenski and one of the goalies. Two years ago, you said that's the core. That's oh, the yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets. And now they're
3: all yeah. Now I mean, we still have Cam and Zach. Now they're all going to be gone in yeah. two years. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. So that's tricky.
3: <sighs> yeah, it is.
2: You know, and you've tried to patch it together to limited, limited results. Some great moments, but not sustained. Right. So you know. Seth Jones then become the the get back for Seth. I don't. I have no interest in like Porty said. A twenty eight year old NHL player, no second line guy. No, no. 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 Nope. No. Prospects and picks. That's all I want. Yep. But prospects and picks.
3: Yep. Let's bring all these guys up together. That's basically you're investing in a new core.
2: Yes. And you have to. I think so. When I the ask hardest thing question, is, is like we make... don't
3: know the names of the guys who will be our core going forward. You hope it's Elvis Lincoln's right or yeah. uh, you know and and some of the young players that you've already seen glimpses of we expected um, you know jumps out of Alex uh, Alexander Texier right and there's sure. Liam Foodie. like there's some guys that we've seen that you think oh, I hope they continue to jump and develop but and I'm sure there's more that I'm missing you know what I mean but the point is like they've seen some but they have to for the most part a lot of our future core and you hope future stars you don't. You can't put a. You can't put a face to it yet.
2: I think the other great point. I think that. So when I asked Porty that question, what needs to happen this summer? I think. I think one franchise or two franchise cornerstones has to be acquired.
4: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Two guys that you look at and go, okay, that's. You don't. It doesn't have to be Connor McDavid. Yeah. But you need to find another P.L.D. Yeah. You need to find another Josh Anderson. You need to replace those guys. Yeah. That's the job of the summer. And that's why it's such a fascinating next couple of weeks. Uh, we hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in The Fan.
0: The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. but chaos? Insanity. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis.
2: All right, time for a little thing or not a thing? Choppers here, hit a chopper.
0: Bishop and Laurenitis, thing or not a thing? Sponsored by Geico Insurance.
5: All right, here we go on a first Friday from Pierre LeBrun. There's a growing sense that the Predators might leave Matt Duchesne unprotected in the expansion draft. He's got five more years on his deal, worth eight million dollars average annual value. Thing or not a thing?
2: Boy, that, that's a crazy one. I mean, he was one of those guys we acquired and he just he liked it here. He just wanted to be around country music. He wanted to
3: be in Nashville. I'll take less. Don't move me. Yeah. I'll take less. <sighs> yeah. So,
2: you know, I would say that if you love the country music, Seattle's about as far away from that as you can get. Mm. So yeah. um Yeah. You know the Porty said it, this will be a really interesting summer for the NHL because everybody's up against it from a money standpoint. You've got this expansion franchise that we saw what happened with Vegas. If done right, you can be a contender right away.
3: Yeah. Um, It's very interesting. What's his why? Would he be actually asking for a pay cut? Say, no, I'll stay here. Don't send me to Seattle. Although, listen, I I love Nashville. You know I love Nashville. I do. A lot sunnier there. Mild winters. The only negative is, you know, if they have snow in the forecast, everyone freaks out. You know, try. buy all the milk and bread you can. And like, right. What? The grocery stores aren't running out. Like, was, Anyway, um, they don't know how to handle snow. It's actually quite pathetic. But ah, it's sunny in the winter. Seattle, you ain't seeing the sun. You're not seeing the sun, but you will get some fresh salmon. So I don't know. There's pros and cons, man. Maybe it's not all bad, Matt. Maybe it's not all yeah. bad. How much time have you spent in Seattle? Uh, a whole lot of L's out there. whole just lot game, of L's. Just game days, flying Yeah, in. but yeah. Um, we, no, I mean, we listen, every time we played a game out there, we flew out two days early because it's okay. an extra long flight. So we had a, basically yep. a free day. Um, same in college when we played the Huskies. And then I also yep. went out there and did a camp for David Bavora where my oh, teammates. okay. Is. You got a little familiarity yeah. there. Yeah. So I spent a week. I really spent like five days out. I mean, I have a lot of familiarity with out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Great town. It's a great Love town. Love it. Yeah.
3: Former Rams receiver
5: Isaac Bruce told CBS Sports that he and Torrey Holt are the best wide receiver duo of all time. When asked about the Vikings duo of Randy Moss and Chris Carter, Bruce answered, quote, we won a Super Bowl.
3: All right, Ike. Thing or not a thing? Lux on him then, buddy. Good job out of him. Yeah. Yeah. We got Good a job. ring. Matter of fact, when we got our ring, we actually beat the Vikings on the way. Yeah. With those two on the roster. So um, these things are so hard. These things are so hard, right? I mean, talk about duos. There's so many factors in it, but they were incredible. A little bob and weave. You know what I would say? But you know I'm about not taking them over Moss and Carter. That's why. That's my home.
2: Those are our guys. That's my childhood guys. guys.
3: I mean, what are we talking about?
2: I think that the, this is a great example of, of what happens with Bruce and Holt when your franchise leaves. Because if... If Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, if the St. Louis Rams are still the St. Louis Rams, or if they were always L.A. Rams, yeah, like this wouldn't even be something that I think that you would even push back on much. Yeah, I think it's a. I think they are right there. Yeah, they're right there. Yep, they are very accomplished, both statistically, wins, dominance. Yep, kind of changed the way the league was played. Yep, the way that they played. But because they played for the St. Louis Rams, who no longer exist, yeah. there isn't anybody carrying water for them, right? I think that that's true of, of that entire era. You know this personally, but I mean, I think that sometimes people forget like who Marshall Falk was,
3: right? Like, oh gosh, I know. I like, know. And people like, will talk know about
2: if people carry water for him the way they should.
3: Yeah, yeah, nothing to see there you with see the it. NFL and their relocation stuff either. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, you said you got tape You got taped recordings of the Maras and the Rooneys and Goodell. Let's just all pretend we don't know about Stan's. I mean, Stan tells him what Jeez. five years earlier that he's going to buy land and build in L.A. and then they come out in the Super Bowl years later and said, "Well, we don't know anything about." Okay,
2: let's let's do this. Let let's table a little. I'm, let's get into that a little bit at eleven because I I for, you sent me that on Sunday and I I want to I want to get a little a little into that a little bit. We'll get into that at eleven. Go ahead, Chubbs.
5: Eight NFL teams now have eighty-five percent of their players vaccinated. A thing or not a thing?
2: Uh, They've incentivized it, so
3: so that's they've made. I got a question, Bo. This is job one. I got a question. So if you (laughs) and I guarantee anyway, so if you got the Pfizer vaccine and now they're coming out with the third shot, if you only have one and two, do you still get the incentivized options through the fall, or is it different for the third poke? And what if you have the Moderna that doesn't require Are uh, these two specific questions for the league? I don't know.
2: Is is my answer for it is I don't know. I don't think I they know. Think I
3: think they don't want to even touch it. know. I think don't it's know. just like, you know what? Just get the they vaccine. Here are your incentives. What about all these? Don't worry about it. Are you vaccinated? Sure. When did you get vaccinated? January? Does it last six months or is it three years now? I don't know. Did you get vaccinated? Sure. I think Here's your incentive. Of- I think that's where they're at.
2: I think so too. I, I think it could end up being to the point what by the time you get to the season where it's like like when you go into a store now yeah. we're trusting you and the honor system that you've been vaccinated and right. no one's wearing a mask and you right. know fifty percent of the people aren't. And right. You go, Well, this is where we're at. I, I think that's by where by the time you get to the season I think it, I think that's possible that it's like that.
4: Yeah.
5: John Diebler will be Carmen's crew representative in the basketball tournament's thirty-three point contest. Each team selects a shooter. That guy gets one rebounder. They shoot until they make 3 pointers. Sixty-four shooter bracket style challenge. Winner gets thirty-three thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars. Three yes, thing or not
3: a thing? Well, then of course Diebs is gonna is gonna win it. I mean, if I
2: were him, I would already be investing the thirty-three thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars. Of course, like if he doesn't win it. It's the biggest failure of his life. He doesn't <laughs> I say that because I love him and I just saw him two days ago. But like, uh, if there was ever a competition built for a human to win, it's this competition. No doubt for him. Yep. Like this is
3: threes himself.
2: He's the best shooter I've ever seen. Making like, it rain. That's it.
3: Yep. Meant to right. be. Meant to be. So
2: take, you got to make eleven. That should never take you more than. 12 I don't bet, shots.
3: I don't bet. You know, on sports, but John, this is going to get me to bet. All right, I'm actually going to bet the yeah. mortgage on you. So I hope, yep, I hope you pull through for me, bud. That's right. Last.
2: Would be interested to know that he doesn't have a mortgage, John. But nevertheless, okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Last one for Stop. you. At least two <laughs> Wimbledon matches are under investigation for a- allegedly being fixed, according to a report by a German newspaper. And I'm not debate. even going to debate. Is that where we're going to go with?
2: Die, yeah, just say it like that. It just die, seems angry. Wait. You say anything. The
5: investigation <laughs> anything
2: in German just seems angry.
5: <laughs> the investigation was launched after several very specific and suspicious bets took place surrounding oh, matches during man. the tournament earlier oh, in July. Go. Here it thing is, or not a thing. Tennis
3: is a hoax. All of it. Shut it down. Jeez, it's a good thing I don't bet on tennis. AR, boy, that yeah. Ask Ar about this. At least
2: two Wimbledon matches under investigation for being well. Oh, good. It's got, you All know, right. These are going to happen. These things are going to happen.
3: What do you think would be these more surprising? A Wimbledon him. match would be rigged or like an MMA fight? I'd be more surprised uh, Wimbledon. at Wimbledon. I think it's yeah. easier. MMA, think, it's easy. Oh, easier. It's easier
5: to throw a tennis match than it is to <laughs> just let yourself know. get you beat up. Put
3: me in some submission, and I'll tap out. and next shot. You know, Who's the guy? I'm Conor McGregor. Now I can, hey, guess what? We need a fourth fight. Pay me millions. Okay, sure. All right. Who's who the guy who you you took smoke the fall the for the Paul kid? Who's oh, the Paul yeah. kid?
2: The guy took the fall for the Paul kid. Did
3: you see he had his robot that on was stage easy? for one of these press no, conferences? But that,
2: that's an easy thing to do. I, I think that's really easy. I think tennis is kind of hard. To we need take. to get
3: Rock and Robbie Carpenter against Paul going. Hmm, that's what we need.
2: Well, I I would like that. I would be for that. Um, you mentioned uh, the Rams got new uniforms. It was interesting who they chose uh, to unveil them with. And one of the things that you saw in the video one of the things that was absent shouldn't be a surprise based on the story that you talked about we will get into that coming up next plus the governor uh, could be weighing in and to help the city of Cleveland to keep the baseball team up there we will get to all of that uh, coming up little Packer's talk with Rogers as well uh, big final hour here on a first Friday Bishop and Lord right here in the fan. <laughs>
0: Rothman and Ice, the hardest working radio show in the business. This may offend our other shows, but honestly, they're too lazy to care.
1: Weekdays from noon to 3.
0: The Fan. Meat or on the rocks. Just act accordingly.
2: Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, First Blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Boy, this is uh, pretty interesting here. Uh, Did you see this uh, announcement
3: from Nebraska? I did not. I was still laughing at Reese's off the top rope about <laughs> Mac Media Days. If anyone's interested, yeah, that was. What's uh, happening with, in Nebraska?
2: Well, first of all, uh, news of the day in the area: Frank Solich stepping down. There is reading some of the reporting on this. Um, rumors that this was kind of been whispered behind the scenes that he would that this could be his last year uh in in 2021 but maybe that he would finish this year uh but he he is stepping down immediately uh albin in now he's been there since 2005 so yeah and not, and
3: not interim program. we need to correct that not interim i remember i said no. it earlier actually becoming head coach. head coach
2: yep head coach four-year contract to be the head coach and so uh hopefully that'll keep on um i can't i think it's almost impossible to overstate the job the quality of the job frank solich did down
3: there oh gosh uh,
2: stunning uh-huh. Stunning level of success from where that program was to what he uh, turned it into on the regular basis. And in my view, his name needs to be either on the stadium or near the stadium or in the stadium permanently because it's it's that good uh, of a job that was done. So uh, all sorts of respect to, to Coach Solich down at Ohio for everything he did there. His alma mater, Nebraska, with a, an interesting announcement today as well. Uh, this in the last half hour or so. Jonas, and welcoming back one of our own to the Big Red family, Trev Alberts, your new athletic director at Nebraska. Mm. Now, are you old enough to remember what he did before he got into athletic administration? Uh, he's famous for several things.
3: No, I do not remember. Okay, I. So am, uh, he
2: was a all-time great football player at Nebraska. He was. He's famous for the guy in the Mel Kuyper versus Colts. Mm-hmm. That went viral. The Colts took Trev Alberts. That's right. Kuyper wanted them to take Trent Dilfer, okay? Uh-huh. And he said, this is why the Colts are the Colts. And then I want to say it was, uh, was it Tobin? I can't remember who's the guy who said, well, that's why, Who? why am I care about what, what Mel Kuyper Jr. has to say? And they play it every year at the draft. So he's famous for that. Uh, his NFL career was, uh, there were injuries. And it was cut pretty short. And he was fast-tracked at ESPN. He was one of the brightest stars in the college football commentating business. Um, He was right there. You know, it was Herbie, and then it was him. Mm -hmm. And he and Mark May had a thing. And I want to say, boy, in my mind's eye, there was a controversy that had to do with him speaking out because they had... I want to say that him and Reese Davis and Mark May did, like, the college football final when that show was really important. Yeah. And he... They were going to travel to somewhere or something, and game day went instead, and he tried sticking up for their show, if memory serves. I'm pretty sure I have this right. And eventually they parted ways. Mm. And I believe, and this is all just happening, so I'm spitballing on this a little bit, so please forgive me if there are some, some inaccuracies, but I believe that he spent the last few years as the athletic director at uh, Nebraska-Omaha.
3: Yes. Yes, that is right. Is that, was, that correct? Yes, he was at Nebraska Omaha. Yeah.
2: Okay. So that, that is where he has been, uh, is there. Um, okay. So he did, all right. So that's it. So that, so he's been at Nebraska Omaha since 2009 mm-hmm. and hired today as the athletic director at, uh, at Nebraska. So you say to yourself, first thing I think is, well, what does this have to do with Scott Frost? Right. What's their relationship? You hire a former football guy to run the athletic department. Yep. What are those two guys? Do they get
3: along? Do they get along? Yeah. Are they- <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I get, I can just see like a Scott's text message being like, "Hey, man, long time no talk. How you been? Miss you, buddy." <laughs> yeah. You been good? I don't know anything into their relationship. I don't. But
2: no, we wouldn't. No. We wouldn't
3: because we're you know we're we're doing
2: a show in Columbus not Omaha, so I have no idea. Um, but he's been around a long time, Yeah, um, and it's, it's a no, pretty dude, I'll text, I'll text uh, thing.
3: Uh, I got to text my buddy Kevin Kugler, who still lives in Omaha and obviously yeah. does. Okay, a- so
2: I do have this right. So 2005, he was actually fired by ESPN for not showing up to work. He later came that he did not want to play second fiddle to the more prominent cast of College Game Day. <laughs> um, so I did, I, I did remember that right. Like that College Game Day scoreboard show, the College Game Day final like there was some sort of scheduling thing where they were supposed to be on the road and they were being trumped by Fowler and Herb Street with Game Day, and he took umbrage, and ESPN said, "Well, fine. Well, we're going to keep the Game Day guys." Pride's a funny thing, See isn't that down
3: the road? It's crazy. Oh, I just didn't, I just can't imagine yeah. doing that. Like I'm all you know. Look, I know that there's certain moments you got to take your stand about stuff, but it just. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't really register with me about. No. Hey, you're getting this game and you're getting that game. Okay. You know? Control what you could control. That's it.
2: Keep you the know, main thing. it's, it's all it, you can saying, do. Keep the
3: main thing the main thing. That's all you got to. That's what my assistant LB coaches say all the time Joe Bowen. Man, just keep the main thing the main thing. Don't be worrying about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you said, Don't worry about the DBs or the safeties. Y'all worry about yourself. Keep the main thing the main <laughs> Okay. It's uh, good advice. <laughs> it is
1: and you always, and knew, it, and it, you it, always knew
3: a kid didn't know What he, <laughs> number one thing when you're in a well, young kids alright this is for the high school kids maybe listening they're probably none but if you are in high school and you're a football player and you're listening or even college when a coach asks you hey what do you got here in this defense don't start talking about the DBs or the safeties and try to work yourself back to what you got that's the number one telltale sign you do both. you yes we have a rookie and be like, hey man what do you got here on uh, uh, on this blitz well, okay, so the end's good. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to know about the end. You don't know. Because I asked you what do you have. What do you have? You know? And But yeah. it's funny because you keep the main thing, the main thing. What do you have? Do your job. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
2: They have, the University of Nebraska has, you know, with this hire, and, you know, they've tried everything. They tried hiring guys from Washington State. They tried hiring guys from Oregon State to coach football. They've tried everything to find somebody who can find a fit. Um, but Alberts is a guy who obviously knows the state very well. He's a legendary football player. Yeah, you know they've yeah. got Hoiberg there at basketball. They've got Frost. So Kevin, if they
3: so Krugler you says feel like they
2: can't win with this group, there's yeah, no group.
3: Yeah, it says he said means they're tr- still trying to hearken back to the glory days. Obviously, a football guy in charge. It just means stability for Big Red. That's how they're viewing it. I said, well, did he so, and Scott get along? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. To- that's really it, but they're doing well, it as, do. I think for them, it's probably, Hey, we finally got a Nebraska guy. Yeah. and We got Nebraska guy. Coaching oh, Listen, this guy. is obvious. The last guy that was there, what were the rumors about Moose? The rumors were, this is a guy that came in all brash, right? Remember he said that urban Meyer and Ohio state, they're shaking in their boots, yeah, you know, right. all that, whatever. But he was never there. He was at his ranch, not a guy that's yeah. present or around the coach before Scott Frost was, didn't know anything about Memorial stadium or Nebraska before he got hired. So it's all these guys that were coming into a brand that didn't actually live and bleed, and you know, bleed the the Nebraska Go Big Red, the whole deal. And now it's another hire trying to go that way, you know. Yes. So now does it doesn't mean wins. Ah, phew, I have no idea, but who knows?
2: I, I don't blame them. I think it's the best chance they have. Yeah, of course. I think it's the best chance they have, and I think that name, image, and likeness when that all happened, I think they will benefit from that because I think there are uh, there are a lot of. Uh, That state has a lot of opportunity. It's a lot of opportunity in Omaha. Um, They are the professional team of record for the entire state. Yeah. As big as we are, as big as Ohio State is, as big as Columbus is, the Buckeyes, and and they're they're no question the most popular sports team in the state of Ohio overall, they're not more important in Cleveland than the Browns. They're not more important in Cincinnati than the Reds or the Bengals. Right? Yeah. They're second everywhere. They're first here. Yep, Nebraska is first everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. So it's like, there aren't that many like that. I suppose Arkansas is like that with, with the Razorbacks. There's a few of them, uh, but there aren't that many. And Nebraska is one of them. Yep. So I do think, and I, I think that there's, that that's the critical thing. What he, the hard thing for, for him is going to be is if it's not Scott, then who that's the, that's it. Yep. Because, the warning signs around Scott with the program are r- remarkable. Right, the kids who have left—it's astonishing. Like one, the Wandale Robinson thing is hard to shake. Yeah. quite frankly.
3: Yeah, and and uh, and they've had others. You know, they had yeah. another wide receiver transfer um, to another Big Ten school. They so they. It's not. Um, so I, I guess Scott the. They'll get along is basically what I'm gathering is that they they will get along. But I guess you know you look at Scott. Scott's been very comfortable. Does he stay? Comf- does he stay comfortable? Is my question with another football guy coming in being like, oh, he's one of me, you know? Or is this because you, look, you can be in a locker room with a lot of different guys. Some guys are very loose. Some are buttoned up. Some are you know what I mean? What's it? Yeah, your personalities clash. Obviously, pride, egos, um. It's fascinating, man, but I'm with you. I think it's a hire that says, okay, like it's right along those same lines of, well, if not this guy who can help me know. So get as many Nebraska people back there. Cause it's a unique place. You are like, it, it is a unique place. Obviously in the, not a lot going on over there, right? It's why you're yeah. the corn Huskers. Not a lot happening, but there's a certain identity to it and a massive brand. And you're trying to chase those glory years.
2: Yeah. No, it is. It's. A, it's fast. I would think he and Scott would know each other pretty well. I mean, yeah. they're not that far separated as players. Yeah. You know, I don't know that they ever played together, but they're not that far apart yeah. as players. Scott won the national championship as the quarterback in '97. Alberts played in '93, so they're you know, a, a one generation removed, you know, from a college football perspective. Of yeah. And I'm guessing they've been at you know alumni stuff and and all of that through the years. So I'm guessing they know each other pretty well. Um, you mentioned uh the Rams relocation story. As that started to leak out, and I think that that applies, uh, that story applies to what Governor Dewine is trying to get out in front of uh, with the tribe in Cleveland. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up next. Bishopman Laurenitis right here in the fan. Your home of the Buckeyes,
0: Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan, their favorite sport, is berating their producer. You just sat there for ten minutes. This is Bishop and Moronitis.
2: And the basement doctor, Cardale Jones, Celebrity Softball Game, presented by Riker Automotive, coming to Huntington Park on Saturday, July 17th. Join Buckeye Greats as they swing for the fences to benefit the Buckeye Cruise for cancer. Each ticket sold gets you a chance to win a cabin on the 2022 cruise at a 971thefan.com for all of the information on that. So you texted, this was Sunday, I think, you texted me the thread... From a radio guy in St. Louis.
3: My guy, Randy Kerker. Randy. My guy. Yeah,
2: we had him on, or I know we've talked to I feel like we've talked to him, or we've mentioned him. Um, but detailing... My
3: guy's on 7 to happened. 11 now. <sighs> that's a grind. Wow.
2: Don't
3: 7, say out loud. 7 to 11. Good. No, I said you that's a grind. Said, that's
2: enough. Yeah, we're mm. um, good. <laughs> detailing what happened... In St. Louis with the Rams.
3: Yes, so St. Louis is, it is St. Louis City is suing the NFL or trying to sue the NFL for damages, um, claiming that it was basically unlawful for them to take the team away because of the NFL's own relocation guidelines. Um, so St. Louis is saying that the NFL and Kroenke committed willful or outrageous or reckless act versus its plaintiffs' rights. Um, so it's going. I mean, there's a whole lot here. It's kind of scattered, and there's not. It's basically it's 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 not like a verbatim, but you read some of the points that he comes across here. Um and so there's someone from the league basically saying, I'm trying to get some terrific LA opportunities to fruition under the cover of darkness. You know, like these are things that are actually Jeez. like read. Um It's crazy. Goodell held relocation guidelines in his hands and was asked, Are these mandatory to abide by? And the 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 counselor replied, It says right here that they are. Um in 2014 email from Kevin Demoff, who is still the president of the Rams to the NFL, he says that the LA land story is coming out. The league responds, what should we say? Then Kevin Demoff, who's the president of the St. Louis Rams, provided talking points for Goodell to use at the Super Bowl press conference, denying he knew of land purchase by Cronkie for LA Stadium. Dave Peacock is a guy in here a just. businessman in St. Louis, a bunch of different stuff, Budweiser, very well off. He was the one pushing for the St. Louis uh waterfront stadium on the Mississippi there. And he said that he has national rental car naming rights deal done. And it's reported that Demoff responds with a link to a YouTube video that screams blanket I'm out. So I mean, it's just really weird. Like so the guys trying to build a stadium in St. Louis, Kevin responds with I'm out. Like we're gone. It's past Um, in 2013, SDL has record of a phone call with Cronky Goodell, Mara Rooney, where Cronky tells the owners, I'm going to buy two parcels of land and build a stadium in LA and says, we're trying very hard to stay under the radar and keep it hidden. Goodell says we will respect your confidentiality. It's just like whether anything illegal is done or not, it's just like a Holy smokes, like stuff that you assumed as a player was happening. Like you had this gut feeling that the NFL and even people within the building really wanted to go. Um, Mm-hmm. That was obvious, but then like the public affront to it, and then to see all this stuff kind of come out, it's kinda like, Whew. And then I thought it was pretty I mean, obvious. There's two teams that voted against it. It was the Arizona Cardinals, and you think why? Well the Bidwells are trying to rehash taking the the Arizona Cardinals out of St. Louis. So they're trying to get good favor. Yeah. No, we don't want them to leave again. We St. Louis deserves a team. They're trying to <laughs> mend right. their own their own thing. But sure. It's pretty, I mean, it keeps going on and on and on. Cleveland
2: but, was the other, I assume?
3: Uh, they said, actually, no, Carolina. Yep, Panthers were the other Cleveland. team. Cleveland, yep. Interesting. Yep. Um, Very interesting. But anyway, it's it's pretty fascinating. Um, even the stuff where Demoff, um, the lawyers claim that they, that they have proof that Demoff forwarded articles to the National Football League about the murder rate in St. Louis and the credit rating in 2015. So, like, it's this repeated attempt of the president of the team saying, This city is dangerous. The credit rating's going down. There's nothing here. This is more ammo for you to take us out of here. Yep. It was just
2: fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very fascinating. And it's almost like, and you sent me the, the Cam Akers unit, which is based, by the way, that's what they should have just been. By the way, that on. is. Uh, that oh, just my been gosh. The, so clean. That's the away uniform. Like, so that's clean. the. Don't wear bone or sand or whatever the hell it is. Wear that one. And then that's it. But what you see is it's a pullback to Eric Dickerson. Yep. And so they also had like the Deacon Jones helmet in the background, I noticed. Um, But what I didn't see is the soft gold that was in St. Louis. And it almost feels like, and I think it's a really tricky spot, but it's almost like they, that that is almost like a, an expansion team that happened, that existed in that vacuum only. Like they're try they they're trying to go back remember because they're trying to go back to the LA roots, right? Yep. So remember how great it was? Remember when we had Eric Dickerson? It's not remember when we had Marshall Falk?
3: No. No, th- oh, there will be it will have to be a And I'm not sure we ever get here. But it will have to be a ways down the way. Look, I like I I need to say this. I like Kevin Demoff. Kevin Demoff took care of me. Yeah. Kevin Demoff, and talking about Donovan, like, this has nothing to do with financial or contract-wise. I'm just saying he was always very kind to me and my wife, and still is. Like Whenever we want to come out to a game, he's they're very kind. Hey, sit in the, sit in the box. You know, they're great. Um, yep. He's going to absolutely take the – I mean, it looks like he's take, the one taking the fall here. And, and look, he did a lot of things here that people in St. Louis are going to absolutely be fired up over, and rightfully so. But as long as he's president, there's no way they're going to do any kind of throwback to the, to the other gold. You know what I mean? You're have, you're no. have, you have to think decades down the line to where L.A. has their team. They're comfortable knowing that they're not going anywhere again. And then they can say, well, remember in St. Louis when we used to wear these? Because these things go in cycles. But they're not going to touch that other gold <laughs> for years. So there will be no Marshall Falk. There will be no, you know. No, uh uh-uh. The throwbacks will. I'm not even sure they'll touch the throwbacks that were a little bit different. You're absolutely right. Those should have been your your jerseys right there in and of itself. Like you crushed those. Those yeah, are that's incredible. That's the uniform. That's the uniform. Yeah. That's it. It's a wear modern. That. It's a modern Always. take on what they used to wear. It's great.
2: That's it. Uh, this ties into Governor DeWine and the report yesterday that the governor confirmed Tuesday that the city of Cleveland, Cuyahoga County leaders have approached him seeking a state assistance securing a lease extension for the tribe. A Progressive Field. One of the biggest concerns surrounding the tribe not coming to an agreement on a lease would be that the team possibly moving as a result. Uh, obviously, they've been there a very long time. This is a quote from a Cuyahoga County uh, executive. Looking at the finances of baseball these days, if we don't do everything we can to keep them, I'm sure there'll be not just one suitor, but suitors all over the country trying to grab the Indians away from us. That is a quote. This is a slippery slope.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Because... We've seen this in the state of California, uh, where they, they're not paying for stadiums. They're not helping. It's up to individual owners to build stadiums, to renovate stadiums. The Dolans have made a lot of money. They're very wealthy. They want a little help. Yep. City of Cleveland's got problems. State of Ohio's got problems. You gotta be careful about what's the best use of your resources.
3: Yeah. There's no doubt. When all things are not created, you know, it's 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 the open market, right? I mean, LA saying we're not willing to help California, we're not willing to pay for anything. But nope. billionaires want to go there. You know, they bring a team there. Not in the Indians, I'm talking about the Rams sake. Why, sure. Why'd Stan Kroenke want to move the team there? I mean, he gave the National Football League the highest the biggest prize in professional sports in this country, the NFL, he gave the billionaire boys club LA back Yep, and gave him a second team did to it come his in, own money. did it with his own money, his own real estate development project around it in Inglewood. The dude is turning Inglewood, California into a destination, at least his part of it. Yeah. I mean, literally the only time I had heard of Inglewood, California before that was the forum and like listening yeah, to Dr. Lakers Dre used to play there. and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Seriously. That's it, and so no, no. But sure. now, but now it's going to be a place that's going to host Super Bowls, maybe the Combine. I mean, my goodness. very likely the Combine, national yeah, championships, the play, national Olympics, Olympics,
2: Final Fours, everything uh, World Cups. World. I
3: mean, all these things, man, and it's just anyway, it's it's fascinating. Did you see? Yeah, the uh, So you
2: better be careful here.
3: Do you see what I just sent you on IG? No. You want me just to Sorry, read it? I didn't. I'll read it to you. Yeah, it's you from Adam Schefter, right. so it's official. Low little breaking news. Free agent cornerback Richard Sherman was booked at 6.08 this a.m. at Seattle Correctional Facility for burglary domestic violence per King County public records, Sherman was mm. also denied bail.
4: Mm.
2: Jeez. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. You just go get some stuff that. thrown.
3: You just get stuff. Sometimes you just scroll, you know, try no, to update. did the wife post anything? You know?
2: Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, all right. One of the, one of the, certainly one of the big questions around the NFL this summer will be what happens with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Max Schneidman will join us on that from The Athletic coming up next. Bishop and is right here on The Fan.
0: If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't,
2: this promo would be very
0: stupid. Proud to, to be your crew station, The Fan. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This
2: is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, let's go uh, fifth caller at eight two one ninety seven ten. A little bit of WWE Clash of Champions Ooh. tickets at Nationwide nice. Arena for September 26th. Tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.com. What I say? Fifth caller? Fifth caller? Uh, can, can take Your boys aren't, and, in. are you boys aren't into that, out? are they? They haven't yet. I'm I, okay. Not yet. Right. Not yet. Well, when they um, are, if my uncle's still working, you let goals.
3: me know. All right. I was <laughs> talking... Maddie, Maddie I, Andrew, I Maddie him. uh Maddie Ice back there was all like I get to interview Kofi Kingston, you know, this week and I'm like, dude, yeah. you, wanna, you wanna go? Like my uncle my uncle literally hires or fires him, so we can go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Like he's the yeah. boss, you know. He's known. So he's tell known. Kofi yeah. that if he misbehaves, like I'll tell Uncle John. You know?
2: That's right. That's exactly how it should be. Uh, Let's head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Matt Schneider joins us, Packers beat writer for the Athletic. Um, Well, look, I mean, you know where we're going with all of this, Matt. But let's just start with as as someone who covers that team, who's been around Aaron, and you've seen him at the match in Montana, you've seen him in Tahoe, you've seen his comments. I have some things that I thought coming out of the comments, but I don't have the history. You did you think? Did you read into anything
1: in terms of what he said? I've been trying to decipher all these vague comments that Aaron Rodgers has lofted out there for the past couple months. And at this point uh, I've just given up, but I will say (laughs) I think there is a little bit of hint in his voice and maybe I'm wrong. And this is probably just reading too much into it. Um, Especially from the interview. I don't know who it was to, So I apologize for not giving proper credit when he gave the interview at uh, the American century championship in Lake Tahoe this week about, you know, we'll figure things out in a couple weeks. A couple weeks is the started training camp, and, you know, I've said all along, Packers aren't going to trade him, and I don't think he wants to sit out or retire. So, uh, my conclusion is that he might just be coming to the realization or the fact that he has to bite the bullet and play for the Packers this year, even no matter how he feels about the front office. Uh, do it for teammates, his coaches, the fans that, he loves by all accounts, according to what he said with Kenny Mayne earlier this offseason on SportsCenter, but um, I wouldn't read too much into everything he's saying. He's always been kind of a cryptic, uh, vague guy who says these things to make people think, but I, I think he will be there at some point during training camp.
3: Yeah, Matt. I get the sense too that you know, two weeks from today, uh, I'm looking on the website right now. I love the theme, back Mm -hmm. to football. Um, Two weeks from today, they'll open camp. I feel like he's either there. Like it's a make or break on that day. I don't get the sense like he obviously has been in the league for so long. He respects his teammates. He loves those guys. It's not about them. So I don't see this being a scenario where he doesn't show up day one and then comes like back three weeks into camp and then because then you have the peer pressure right of Hey, we're not in rhythm. We're not in step. We lose games. Come on, Aaron. What's that about? You know, so I think he's either there or he's not. And you'll find out in two weeks.
1: I I totally agree. Uh, At this point, on what is it, July 14th, Aaron Rodgers knows if he's going to be in camp or not. He, you know, he's had months to think about it. um, And the Packers have already made their decision if they're going to trade him or not. I, I don't think they're going to. So Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, at least if I know him well, which I probably don't know him nearly as well as a lot of other people. But um, he knows if he's going to show up at this point or not. And like you said, what's the point of costing yourself $50,000 a day just to, you know, play hard to get a little bit more and show up halfway through training camp and, like you said, cost some of that chemistry and and take a half a camp's worth of reps away from you and Devontae Adams, you and Omari Rogers, you and your rookie second-round center that's going to start that you need to develop a rapport with if you're planning on showing up right away. So I think, you know, I don't know his decision for sure, but let's say Aaron Rodgers is planning on showing up. Like you said, he's not going to wait halfway through it. It'll be that first day, I think, assuming he has his mind made up already.
2: Yeah, that's, it's interesting. That's where I got, I I read it that way as well, that, excuse me, that, that this was all kind of like, maybe like he played the biggest hand he could play. They did it at the draft if they were going to trade him, that seemed to be the time to trade him. And the Packers appear to be like maybe they could win you know, the staring contest for another year. I want to ask you about Jordan Love, though, in terms of uh, what you saw from him at minicamp. And did is there progress that, that makes people up there feel like, oh, yeah, we got the guy when this is over with Rodgers?
1: Not yet. I mean, nor should there be. He's had a couple practices at OTAs in minicamp. Uh, against a defense that isn't really trying and, and they're just going through the motions. Yes, Jordan Love has a strong arm. Uh, he's mobile, more mobile than a uh, 37 year old Aaron Rodgers. But you know, there's so much that can be gleaned from playing in actual games, commanding the huddle, running a two minute offense, running a hurry up, uh, reading a defense in actual defense pre and post snap. I mean, you, you can only figure those things out when you get in a game. And we asked quarterbacks coach Luke Getzey uh, earlier in the off season. How ready is Jordan to play in a game? And he was honest. He said, I don't know. And, and that's not saying Jordan Love isn't ready. That's saying he literally doesn't know. COVID canceled Jordan Love's rookie preseason last year. He didn't even get in during garbage time of any, uh, garbage time of any regular season or postseason game because he was the number three. He didn't even dress on game day. He hasn't worn a Packers uniform yet besides photo day, and those aren't even the real uniforms. So, you know, the Packers know that they'd be taking a huge, huge gamble, starting Jordan Love in New Orleans on September 12th, week one. Uh, If Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up, that's why they brought in Blake Bortles. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone knows what they have with Jordan Love yet. I think they're optimistic about what they have, but very wary about what they have.
3: Yeah, I mean, gosh, Matt, you're, you're, I'm just thinking about this preseason. The magnifying glass. Even if Aaron's there, I'm assuming he's not going to play a whole ton. That would be on Jordan Love. I'm wondering, though, Matt, what, what's the what's the feel amongst the fan base? Is it is it generally like please come back, Aaron? Or what's I mean, I'm assuming that's what most logical fans are thinking. But has this fractured at all people's views of Aaron Rodgers, or is it more heat on Aaron or more heat on the organization?
1: That's a good question. I, I think I have a pretty accurate uh, read on, on the pulse of the fan base. And as you guys know, you guys know A.J. Hawk. He played for this team for a while. This fan base is crazy, even even with regards to their opinions of him. I mean, and with Aaron Rodgers, it, it goes to a whole new level. I, I will say, I don't want to say it's been surprising, but I think longtime Packer fans um, who, who went through this with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre about 13 years ago I think a lot of them are saying, Aaron, you're not bigger than the franchise and you're acting like it. We're going to stick with the team regardless. Even if Jordan gives us a a lesser chance to win, we're going to stick by his side. Now, of course, any reasonable fan wants Aaron Rodgers back. He's the reigning MVP. You'd be silly not to want him back. But I think at the same time, there's a general feeling among the fan base of A, fatigue, because they just want this to end, which I don't blame them for, and B, you know, Yes, we want Aaron back, but at this point, if he wants to go, he can go. We're not going to chase him. We're not going to, you know, beg for him back like like uh, you're begging for your ex-girlfriend back. And instead, we're just going to support Jordan Love as much as we can.
2: Matt, great stuff, man. Appreciate your time with us. Thanks, buddy.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
2: Isn't it something, Threes, that they have such... Organizational buy-in with their fans that they can take a hard line on the reigning MVP.
4: Yeah. He's not,
2: it's not like he won the MVP. He won the MVP years ago, but he, he won it last year. Yeah. He's still at the peak of his powers and the fan base. It's a real, almost like a college mentality where you're not as big as the program. Don't ever go against the program, Mitch. I mean, that's kind of the way it is there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say this. Pretty wild. I, I think that with <sighs> there's a certain few there's a few cities. I'll put it that way. There's a few cities that can do this. A few franchises, right? Like that's that's literally the town. That's the town. That's why it that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all that they'll choose the franchise. Guess what? The franchise has always been here for us. It'll be here for us. You get that sense from some Packers fans. I know, you know what? You can go back to Cali when you're done playing here. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna stick around. The franchise will be here. But there's only a few franchises like that, I think, still around.
2: I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very few where you could do it, and, and that's probably one of them. We get you officially endorsed in three things on a first Friday. Bishop and Lauren is right here on The Fan.
0: Winners of the prestigious, the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong.
4: I don't
2: don't, don't even know. This is Bishop and Morinitis. All right, it's First Friday. time for your officially endorsed. Hit a Chopper.
1: You drink for the wrong reasons.
2: My generation,
1: we drink because it's good. Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do.
6: All right,
2: this one is in homage to uh, my wife's uh, late great-grandmother who passed on Sunday. And this was a drink she would have from time to time uh, of Polish descent. So we'll go Chopin vodka uh, on the rocks and a couple of olives. May she rest in peace. God bless her. Uh, Time for three things. Head of Chops. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis.
1: Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All
2: right, number one for me. So the boys got uh, on the Xbox Game Pass thing, they they downloaded FIFA. And uh, for full disclosure, I've played a little bit of FIFA in my day. Um, and, and I thought it was the most fun game you could ever play, yeah. uh, when it, when it came to that. So, Bootsy comes down and he goes, uh, he says, I'm gonna destroy you. I'm so good at this. Mm. I said, Oh, okay. All right. Why don't we see how it goes? Why don't we see how this goes? So, I, he was real chesty. So, I destroy him. Ate nothing. Um, and he's just languishing. And instead of saying he's horrible, he says he's torrible. So, he's like, I'm torrible. I'm never mm. playing again. I'm torrible. Yeah. And he goes, and then he goes. I didn't know you were that good at this. And I said, "That's right,
3: that's you're, right." You're like, uh, you're like Vince Vaughn in uh, That's the right. Couples Retreat, where he yeah. walks in and plays the Garage Band or whatever Guitar yeah. Hero, and just yeah, slays. unbelievable slays them. Yeah, good job out of you, man. You got yeah. you got to hold that, down Gootsie. the fort. Yeah, how's that feel, son? Uh, yeah. My first thing, um, <sighs> Shelly. My goodness, this morning. She goes, event. you know, I've been, I've been driving in. <laughs> that's coming up next. Okay. Uh, the f- first one is, she goes, ah, you know what? Our pink, our pink hydrangeas are looking really good. I'm like, yeah, they are. Every time I drive home, I like they look nice. She goes, too bad. I hate pink. And if we were staring here, I'd rip them all out and put white ones in my wife. That's why I can't buy her flowers. She hates pink. No colors. Gray. Me and beige. Sure. Black. Fifty shades of gray. Whatever. There's no cut. Co- no, no. Can't buy her flowers. Here's some sweet roses
5: unreal <laughs> my first thing uh yesterday i was sitting on the couch with my lovely li- my lovely wife JLo, and apparently her younger sister has a boyfriend and so that she met uh the, the dad and the brother uh this week or whatever and she texted her that uh Derek and and dad think that he's like mark and i was like that's not true <laughs> and then <laughs> and then jen goes <laughs> i wrote it down You are so aggressively unique that there's no way that's true. And I kind of smiled and I was like, and she goes, in a bad way. (laughs) I'm like, all right, all right.
2: She doesn't mean it, though. She did marry you. So in a good way. And I think that's a good way to describe you. So aggressively unique. I think that that's right. I, I like that. Uh, no, number two for me, uh, had a chance to see to visit some of the buddies uh, with the basketball tournament. Great to see Debs. He's going to join us tomorrow on the show. Uh, Jared uh, back back in town as well. And it it reminded me. And we I got to talk with Coach Holtman on Monday. It they've done such a great job of of with the culture there, uh, from Thad to Coach Holtman and. The facilities are incredible. The people are great. Just really good people that have been hired to run that program. They are so easy to root for. They are so easy to root for. And and where they're going, I think, is going to be a pretty remarkable place for the, for the program. But it's that buy-in. Uh, and the bridge that Holtman did to bridge back to those Thad guys uh, that that creates that culture—it's it's a really remarkable job that he's done.
3: Yeah, it is. It's awesome to see all those guys coming back and, and yeah. being welcome back. You know, it's not that way all the no, time uh, with everybody. So yeah, okay. Um, my so Shelly, again. Everything revolves around her. She posts a video of Remy passed out. So it's a photo from the driver's seat through the mirror at Remy sleeping. And she has a nice little cute thing. Sound on. Okay, so turn the sound on. At J. Laurinaitis, talking puts Remy to sleep. Been there, babe. Been there. Jeez!
5: Just so cold-blooded. That's tough. My uh, second thing, another example of Awards just don't mean anything anymore, especially in, like, the celebrity category. So Don Cheadle was nominated for an Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series Emmy for his cameo in the pilot episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) The nomination confused people because it was just, like, a three-minute role, two scenes. One of the scenes he doesn't even talk. It's just, like, the establishing shot of, like, his character is there. And even Don Cheadle, he tweeted, he's like, "'Thanks, well-wishers. Sorry, haters.' i don't really get it either though we go on <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Jeez. it reminds me of like the grammys like now if you have a good album oh, you win like 12 grammys that's right. and then you have these like crazy famous musicians who have like one grammy to their whole participation career. participation
3: trophies is what we got now
2: yeah that's wild uh finally for me we've long lamented the issues with my landscaping well after months of of working at a snail's pace we're apparently now the roadrunner there were plants being delivered today as we were starting the show uh, we, we have some, some finalization of, of things that hold water. So things are happening very quickly. And I'm like, I don't even know what I've okayed at this point because I okayed this stuff so long ago. It's unfamiliar. And, and it's all going to be done in like a week. I'm like, did I, are we sure we wanted that? I don't even know what the hell is going on. It's going to be a uh, crazy couple days.
3: Did you see this story out of China about the dad and the son? So this yeah. dad lost his son. He was abducted at two years old. I guess there's a huge issue in China Obviously, they have a limitation on how many kids you can have over in China. So there's a ton of child or children being abducted. They said they think already 2,609 this year. There's no official num- numbers, obviously, from them, but organizations. Talk about this. This dad, after 24 years, he drove 300,000 miles through China by motorbike for 24 years, putting photos of his 2-year-old son everywhere. And after DNA tests, his 26-year-old son now, he, he meets up with them and the quote is just pure joy. Our child has been found from now on only happiness is left. There's Jeez. a photo of him hugging his son.
5: Well, that's, yeah, that makes you feel good but the, uh, the first part of that makes you feel oh, bad it's, so it's nice that it's at crazy least, yeah, a happy ending for that one. Um, last one for me, don't be that guy harassing the the worker at a you know I was at a burrito place yesterday as I'm wont to do and there's a guy and the guy the guy at the end of the line's kind of going a little slow but he looks like he's doing his best and this guy is sitting there he's like is he, are you new here and the kid's like no oh really and he's like he's like are you tired sometimes I'm slow when I'm tired and I'm oh like well oh, you're gosh. not making him faster I man <laughs> crow hopped the burrito oh
2: my god oh. if I wasn't injured I may have stood up to him just be kind you need a cattle prod for people like that. And If you don't know what that is, Google it. You behave like that cattle prod. Like you're that's still getting
5: it. your burrito in like less than ten minutes, you're man. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be good.
2: It's gonna be fine. You'll get it. Gosh, <laughs> this is why I have to have a cocktail on a first Friday. <laughs> Enjoy yours, Rothman and Ice up next. Fisherman Lauren, I just right here on the fan. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot.